five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. And the entire country, of course, is focused on Atlanta, Georgia. The sports world certainly is focused on Atlanta, Georgia. And we at the Nahum Siegel Network are focused on the Jewish communities of Atlanta, Georgia, and the southeastern portion of the United States. This is what we do. This is how we uh, concentrate on a uh, on a city and on a region that the rest of the country is looking toward, but we do it differently. We do it with great pride and great interest in the Jewish communities, again, of Atlanta and the southeastern United States. We are brought to you this week by the American Committee for Sharitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem and the Orthodox Union. And we have this unique opportunity during Super Bowl week to be here in Atlanta and to um, let the world know about the incredible community that Atlanta, Georgia has, its wonderful Jewish community, and as I said, some of the surrounding communities of this region as well. So it's great to be down here this morning. We broadcast live from the young Israel of Toko Hills. Our uh, thanks to Rabbi Starr and his wonderful staff and everybody who uh, has been so helpful. There have been a lot of people who have been incredible in um, setting up our broadcasts from Atlanta. And uh, it turns out, after we thought we'd only be here for three morning broadcasts, it turns out we'll be here for almost the entire week for four morning broadcasts between now and Thursday uh, with many, many special guests, a lot to learn about, and um, really a golden opportunity to broadcast from a very special community. So this is a project that began a while ago when we first thought of being here during Super Bowl week, and finally it is here. A lot of interest about the Kosher Halftime Show. We'll explain what that's all about and how that fits into our schedule today and tomorrow. Uh, our staff is here, of course. We'll introduce everybody to you in just a moment. It is a Monday morning, and a lot of people are heading back to school, literally, because they had the week off last week for yeshiva break. So as you uh, start your Monday morning and get back into the regular routine, we thank you for tuning in to JM and the AM and for listening to the Nahum Siegel Network all around the world. Plenty more coming up from the Angusville of Toko Hills. We'll do all of our introductions and uh, set the stage for what's going to be a very interesting week, and today especially a very interesting show with many distinguished guests. It's all happening here on a Monday, if you keep it right here. From Atlanta, this is JM in the AM. the horizon You take one step in the sunshine and smile Birds chirping above The beauty of nature around you Marvelous wonders around you It's very clear Oh, some Israel 
morning that's right a monday morning broadcast here at jm in the am and uh, unlike uh, a regular monday when we're in our new york city studios we're the young israel of toco hills where uh, apparently in about a half hour from now morning services will begin uh rabbi star is already in the building we'll speak with him for a minute or two uh before davening starts and we thank him for his hospitality we also have to thank leslie uh who has um done an amazing job for us in the moment that we Proposed coming down here. She is uh, administrative assistant. I don't know what titles we give her. Office administrator. 
Uh, so we thank her very much. And I introduce Miriam L. Wallach, who's, of course, producing this morning's show and um, hopefully not noticeably is recovering from a case of bronchitis, which I'm sure will in no way interfere with our, <laughs> our procedures <laughs> and proceedings today. I'm here, aren't I? He said wishful thinking. Exactly. Uh, and good morning to you. How are you? All right. This dream started a while ago, you recall. A lot of dreams happen in the uh, NSN studios. We'll sit there as a staff and we'll wonder what would be something effective to do that would make a mark on the Jewish world. And what happened? You said Atlanta. That's what happened. Right. Right. And why? Because the whole world is right. focused on Atlanta, Georgia, because it's a game coming up this Sunday. A game between a team we like and a team we don't like. And <laughs> Which would that be now? Well, as New Yorkers, I think right. it's obvious. And this game is taking place, and the entire country's focused on it. We land yesterday in the airport, and those of you who are Super Bowl, you know, frenzy fans will, will like this stuff. We land in the airport, and there, there are greeters all over the airport. There's signs everywhere. There's, uh, there are billboards and, you know, lit up uh, displays uh, welcoming everybody to the home of Super Bowl 53, which is really cool, frankly, mm-hmm. and we enjoyed that a lot. And all this is going on, and the entire country, and you know how big the NFL is in this country. Yoni's our sports guy. He could tell us, right? It's a billions, billions of dollars industry, right? Billions and billions of dollars. The NFL might be the biggest entertainment uh, entity in the entire country. They ended the shutdown, didn't they? That's correct. It's yes. because of the NFL, frankly, that the shutdown uh, stopped on Friday. Mm-hmm. So, or at least that's the theory. Anyway, so um, the entire country's focused on it. And the entire country, you know, wants to be part of the NFL experience. And the entire country wants to be at the game if possible. And the entire country is curious about every little detail. Again, something we could confirm with Yoni. They want to know every little detail from every player that's part of this game on Sunday, every coach. And they're listening carefully to every word that's being said. And they're examining exactly how someone, uh, you know, constructs a sentence when it comes to speaking about what's going to be happening this coming Sunday. And we... Completely ignore it. We completely ignore it. And what we do is we focus on the important thing about Atlanta. We don't focus on the owners of the teams. We don't focus on the um, <clears throat> on the uh, uh, on the game uh, on the media day, which is coming up right. tomorrow. We don't focus on any of that. We focus on what's important down here, and that's the wonderful Jewish community of Atlanta, Georgia. There are people who call Atlanta the Jewish capital of the South. We are being more reserved because we don't want to, God forbid, insult Heaven anybody. Heaven forbid. So we're calling it a capital of the Jewish South. A major capital. A major capital of the Jewish South. <laughs> and, and it really is surrounded by incredible cities and wonderful communities that are making an impact on the Jewish world. So that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're not here to speak to players about you know, what they plan on doing on fourth down. We're here to speak to the rabbis, the leaders, the community members, all the different people who make this community tick. And as we've been emphasizing, we'll be doing the same with other communities around the southeast region as well. A big thank you to the American Committee for Shared Tzedek Medical Center for sponsoring our broadcast on the road. More about that in hour number two. And of course, the Orthodox Union, Naftali Herman, has been working closely with you to make sure that every one of the communities that wants to be featured in these programs will be featured this week. So we thank him very much. And um, as I said earlier, in addition to Rabbi Starr, who's hosting us here today, you have to admit Leslie was wonderful in making sure we'd have access to this building last night. Leslie got here before we did. Right. <laughs> Imagine that. And she's standing here. She and, and when Rabbi Starr came in, it's like, you know, just going through what happened already this morning, et cetera. And she's like, I got here before these. No joke. 
No joke. But, but she, she also, has her own background in radio. But she also allowed us in here last night and, right. and made life very easy for us so we could actually get some rest before this morning show. So big thank you to her. Also, we have to thank some of the people who've been involved in this process from the very beginning, one of whom is sitting right in front of us, Danielle Wenger. Who has been? This is all your. No, just kidding. <laughs> who has been a JM and the AM aficionado for years? Yes. The man knows his Jewish music. And Wearing his Masora shirt. And he knows his Jewish radio. And he knows a great camp when he sees one. Uh, he is wearing his camp Masora shirt in tribute to us, which I appreciate. And Daniel Wenger, what happened? We landed here. I think it was Thanksgiving week. Was it around then? I think it was around. It's Thanksgiving a blur. Week. It is a blur. It's a blur. But sometime I think in November we landed here and literally said to Daniel from the airport, "Is there any way you can meet us?" Right, us, what you doing now? Give us some background. Basically. Give us some background right? in the community, and that was the beginning of our, of our, um, of our mission. That date was actually incredibly interesting and educational, um, but it all, for for so many reasons it really shaped how we were going to focus this project, um, and who we'd be able to turn to to help get this project off the ground in terms of corporate sponsorship, right. etc. Who this would speak to. Um, and the focus, because we weren't going the sports route. So we, we wanted the right people. And of course, when it comes to that, we had the American Committee for Shari Tzedek and the Orthodox Union come through splendidly. But we also got a tremendous taste of that Southern hospitality yeah. in the, what, 10 hours we were on the ground? And we continue to now during this trip, that's for sure. Oh, my word. It's unbelievable. So I joked with Rabbi Starr last night by text that everyone is so nice here I, that I, I could never get used to it. That it's just, Are you saying you don't belong here? Is that what I you're am saying that I, I've already <laughs> driven for a number of hours here in Atlanta. I haven't honked. That's not true. I honked once, but that's because that guy deserved it. He was about to hit us. Nahum, he was about to hit that's, us. He was okay, about to hit you. us. That's true. Okay, fine. Thank you. But otherwise, I have waited at the red light, and when people in front of me haven't gone, I've just sat there. I've done the right thing. Yo- Yoni and I looking at each other. As, you know what? As, as Can if, I tell you something? As if we experienced a completely different evening last night. But okay. It doesn't matter. Right. The reality is that, that everybody here from exactly from, and the from people, people st- in our community. And from Agio Mio who stayed pe- open last night. because And people in all the different communities yes. around here have been very nice. And they have displayed that Southern hospitality. Uh, there's a lot of curiosity about the Kosher Halftime Show, which mm-hmm. is going to be kicked off in earnest at about 9 o'clock this morning right here. We're actually going to have our first meeting, it looks like, at the Young Israel of Toco Hills. Rabbi Star, that's okay with you, right? <laughs> in order, yeah, sure, thanks. In sure. order to kick off the Kosher Halftime Show. Um, and, and then there were a couple other people that have to be thanked because of their involvement from the very beginning. Jody Wittenberg, who Rabbi Star told us would be a big help to us and certainly has been. Yes. And Lydia Schloss. Lydia Schloss. Who turns out to be the most understated heroine of this trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you speak to her, it's like nothing's a big deal. And we, and we believe that she's done a lot of big deals for us so far. Right. So a big thank you to her and the Schloss family. And, and there are a lot of there are a lot of thanks that we're going to go through for the next yeah, four there's, days. There's an for entire sure. list of people that need to be thanked, and we'll get to everybody hopefully. Now, Mayor Kay is in Atlanta. Yes, he the man has landed. I say that because there's always anticipation when he's around, and anybody who's been following him on Facebook or in any hence other, the storm, by the way. Oh, that's yes, what it is? yes, that's what uh, brought the storm. Anybody who's been following him on Facebook or any other venue, you know how things are when he's around. Fluid. Um, and he is going to be uh, helping us direct the Kosher Halftime Show and will be uh, in this building at some point this morning. Um, I know that he just spent a lot of time down at the Miami Marathon. Right. Where he says to, he said to me last night that he... Uh, <laughs> he was in a state of constant selfies. <laughs> Everybody wants pictures with him. 
um, which is understandable. Right. There will be no paint fight here. We should just let Rabbi Starr know now. That there is no paint fight schedule. Well, we don't want to guarantee anything oh, because no. we. All probably, right, I'm sorry, Rabbi. We, pro- we probably told Shari We probably told Shari last year we're not going to do anything to their building, and look what ended up happening. But this this is a, such a beautiful facility. We have to be extra careful here at the Young right. Israel. They have carpet. This is a. I lo- can't this scrub really, the carpet. This is one lovely shul, to yes. say the least. This is really one beautiful shul. So we're going to try our best to stay as uh, Mayor K free as possible yes. <laughs> while we're in this building. We'll make sure there's no permanent Mayor K damage. And the only other thing I wanted to mention, and it's a, a bit of a sad note, but I wanted to make sure to uh, to inform our listeners, uh, many of them, many listeners already know that our dear friend Matis Weingast, who's been with us for 35 years, uh, lost his mother last Wednesday, and he is sitting Shiva as we speak. And I'm mentioning that because I'm sure there are people in this audience who want to go visit him at his home in Elizabeth, New Jersey. If you need any information, you can email any of us, and we'll get you the information. Matis Weingas will be sitting Shiva until Wednesday morning. And, of course, we wish him uh, our condolences, and we should only share smachot. And uh, anybody, again, who wants information, make sure to contact us. And I want to acknowledge Avrami, who not only is monitoring everything we're doing right now from Israel. It's amazing how many people are involved in this. <laughs> he's not only monitoring everything carefully from Israel, where he's sitting and taking care of the broadcast, but he also subbed for Matis yesterday, which right. is a big deal because Matis never misses, as we know, a live presentation of JM Sunday, but because of the circumstances, Avrami sat in, so we thank him. Uh, so there you go, 621 on a JM and AM Monday morning uh, before Rabbi Star goes into... Uh, uh, lead services this morning. We will speak to him in just a few minutes from now and get our official welcome to Atlanta. Uh, we thank the young Israel of Toco Hills. So, uh, by the way, a shout out to Mark Zomik, who has been... Do, we're doing all this now? Uh, well, we could do that okay. a million times. Okay. You know, it's radio. We can repeat ourselves the whole morning through. Who cares? Uh, but Mark has, uh, in addition to being a great staff member of ours, he's always lauded the Atlanta community. For sure. And he's had particular uh, uh, love for this synagogue. Yes. He knows everything about this shul. Whenever he visits Atlanta, whenever he has business interests here in Atlanta, he's Rabbi Starr has no idea who he is, but Mark <laughs> no, is the no, biggest no. fan ever. No, we we got to show Rabbi <laughs> Starr a picture of Mark Zomik. we have a picture of Mark just waiting for him on the wall the next time it comes? <laughs> so, That'd be great. So this way, at least, Rabbi Starr will know who we're talking about. You know what would be great? Oh, my yeah. God, great shtick. Mark, I really hope you're not listening, but knowing him, he's like a doctor. He's, no, sh- he's not missing a show from you. He's off Toko Hills. Can we have like a sign here that says, dedicated in honor of Mark Zomik? We could, we could like do, scribbled on a piece of paper, sure. We could do that, but then he would say, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, he already asked us to go to the Chinese place and make sure right. to record part of the Kosher Halftime show there. He's like, just tell them Mark Zomik says I. Well, not just I that. I didn't realize that was my passport to Atlanta. He claims that the gentleman behind the counter there actually knows who he is. So, so we have a lot of connections here. And Ellie Gray is doing our photography. Correct. That was one of the big questions months ago. And in our at our studio, actually, it's, it's actually true. It's not a, it's, that it, it is a big question. Yes, it started be, the day after last year's kosher halftime show. Who would be doing our photography today? So a local gentleman whose name is Ellie Gray, you can find him on Facebook, is following us around today until he gets completely annoyed with us. And, it's be about an hour. And he's uh, going to be photographing uh, this historic first show from Atlanta. I do want to mention that yeah. we are that as part of our commitment to feature. Atlanta and the Jewish community surrounding Atlanta, we are really focusing this week on local talent. Right. And I think that's an important um, factor to mention. Including the Kosher Halftime Show. From start to finish, this project this week is about local talent. Yes, we imported Mayor Kay, and we've brought in some other friends. 
But as much as Atlanta was willing to give, we were willing to utilize. Right. And, um, and, and there's good reason for that. And that's also part of what we're going to talk about this week is, is what, you know, these little and big things about communities outside of New York and New Jersey that you need to appreciate. You wouldn't necessarily expect, but you need to appreciate. I have a big announcement. Already? For our New York and New Jersey listeners. It's 625. There are Jewish communities outside of yeah, New York Yeah, there's that. Jersey. There's that. There are big Jewish communities outside of New York and New Jersey. Very big. Though we did seem to have imported Mayor Fertig also. Also from New Jersey. Right. Mayor Fertig is here. We'll speak to him later on. And, uh, and Yoni feels so at home because I don't know if you realize, but you know he's from Houston. So it's practically next door yeah, to Atlanta. Every time you mention that it's the southern capital yeah. of the – it's the Jewish capital of the south, Yoni's like, I don't know. I'm from Houston. Yeah. I'm like, right. And How, therefore – What is Houston? Like 10 miles from here? Like you're Atlanta, Houston, <laughs> pra- practically next door to you. I asked Yoni if he had ever been to Atlanta. He's like, sure, we drove here from Houston. I'm like, what does that mean? I don't even understand. What does that mean? How many hours? 12 hours? Get on a plane. Interesting. And because they're it's all, all part of the whole. Yes, and everyone's thing. yalling. Like yeah, last there's a lot night, of y'all. there's a lot of there's y'all. A lot of y'all. Which is, by the way, I realized last night it's a good life hack. Why say you all? Why can you just y'all? I'd like you to pay careful attention. Rabbi Star joins us later on. Now he's, I believe, originally from Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. Silver, Silver Spring. Spring. He's from Silver Spring. Spent a lot of time in New York. Yes. Let's do if he. Let's see if he does the y'all. Thing. I think. We'll I think he, he came that. back to his roots. Well, I mean, they don't y'all in Silver Spring. That's what I'm saying. So I want to see if he's been influenced by the whole Atlanta thing over all these But that's years. why you're friends with Penny, right? Yeah, also. Yeah, because sure. of y'all? No, because of Silver Spring. Penny doesn't y'all. Simcha Liner is next. It is a, a JM in the AM Monday morning. Everybody star coming up. Uh, there's a minion coming up in the building. How do you like that? Yeah. How many minions get, get me to announce that there's a minion coming up? Right. <laughs> the minion's going to be happening and plenty more. Um, I'm may- not here may- for minion. Maybe, I just want to be honest. Maybe we could buy Shlishi for Yoni. Is that possible? Sure. Uh, I don't know if the, what's the procedure here. Did they sell the Elias this morning, Rabbi Star? It, for what? He- you for, don't sell for, something? For a hefty donation. This is a shul, Rabbi Star. Everything is for <laughs> For a hefty donation, can we get Yoni Shlishi or maybe Hagba this morning? Don't worry, I'll take, the, I'll take over the engineering. He's next at JM at the end.
JM in the AM. That is uh, some Haliner. Make this a drop ladder. Um, I want to congratulate the Yeshiva University basketball team. Their men's basketball team won their 11th game in a row yesterday. Mazaltov from all of us here at JM in the AM. How do you like that, huh? Speaking of sports, we don't completely ignore sports. When it comes to something important like YU basketball, 11 in a row is a record. It's amazing. Maybe people from Atlanta will come up for the uh, Skyline Conference Championship. Just like the Super Bowl attracts people from around the country, maybe the Super Bowl of Yeshiva University, the Skyline uh, Conference. Yeah. They're the, uh, they're the Capital Division III. <laughs> um, listener Yitzchak says, from Silver Springs, says, welcome to Atlanta. And who, of course, had to comment this morning? On our app. Who had to? Because he's been commenting for the last month about our trip to Atlanta. The rabbi. The rabbi, from AJ. The rabbi uh, says, you're right across the street. That's his comment on our app this morning. Well, come on over. Maybe he will. If not, we'll see him tomorrow morning at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Um, so there you have it. Uh, a lot of people checking in. If you'd like to comment on the app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear. If you have a connection to Atlanta, and it seems half the people we know do have some connection to Atlanta, whether they were born here or uh, lived here for a while or have relatives here, doesn't it seem like everyone's got a cousin or a uh, or some type of relative they've been telling us about over the last few weeks? No joke. It's six degrees of Atlanta. I think I'm going to start that game officially. First yeah. of all, we should start with Cena. Listener Cena, who's who down I'm in sure Florida. has been listening. She says that she uh, grew up here in Atlanta. I believe Cena. I mean, you make it sound sketchy. But no, she, yeah. she grew up here in Atlanta and has quite a connection down here. But now that you started, there's so many other people that have told us. I know that, um, I don't want to get this wrong. I think the Fuchs family, right? Aren't they from Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken? Sure. And I'm sure there is a Fuchs family the, from Atlanta. Let's the, go with that. Some of the Kleins that we know are from Atlanta. Now, a lot of people from Atlanta. And who else told us they were from Atlanta? Well, Rabbi Starr and I just did Jewish geography. We have like 72,000 friends in common. And our that's even before we get to Facebook. Our very own chief of staff, Yigal Siegel, used to live in Atlanta. Right. That's how you knew your way around here when we got here. I knew my way well, around here because of ways. I didn't really know my way around, but I had been here. Oh, I was impressed with your vast knowledge. I had been, I actually heard of La Vista. You know, like, right. I remember that from 1994. You know? And <laughs> I, I actually heard of it. And when we got here last night, I was like, oh, that is the Starbucks I know. Sure, we're fine. Right, because that was where you yeah. were. when. Well. Those are my landmarks. What can um, I tell you? Anyway, so there's a lot of connections to Atlanta. And I bet you some of the people here this morning have connections to New York and New Jersey. It's possible. I would bet. It's possible. This is. Rabbi Frances, the rabbi. Oh, oh, this is the, this is the rabbi. This is the rabbi. The one that we've been talking about. The oh my god! The rabbi. I'm about to leave my house to go. I have. I really got to stand up and take a photograph. It's with no this joke, gentleman. by the way. Ellie's here. But I, I just can't stand up right now. I mean, right, it's that's true. We'll go to a song. I, I'm, and we'll stand up. I'm ensconced in my broadcast. And center. Rabbi Schloss is here. Rabbi, before we get to Rabbi Schloss, Rabbi Francis, come on over here for a second. Let the photographer get a nice shot of us. This is it. The I'm just going to get out of your way. This is the historic <laughs> meeting. Could you imagine? Peony. This is it. This is the historic meeting where where the rabbi, the one who who we refer to every morning. You refer to it. You know, it's funny. I've envisioned the rabbi in a lot of different ways. I never envisioned it like you, but here you are. Okay. There you are. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. A pleasure to have I you got, here. I have to run to school. So, I was, I, I made, so I we'll see you tomorrow, please God. Right. We'll see you tomorrow, please God. At the Atlanta Jewish Academy. At the Atlanta Jewish Academy. 
Wow. Well, I guess we can go back to New York. We met the rabbi. <laughs> we finally, we finally. Of course, the New Yorker and me. We finally have tied all this together. The New Yorker and me is like, you know, that's the rabbi. He could be anybody who just came in. <laughs> and he, does he have rabbi. any proof that he's the rabbi? It's going to take me a minute or two to recover from this experience. That's it. We're flying back today now. You're done? I think that's it. We've, we, we've accomplished our goal. We'll leave Mayor Kay to destroy the city all on his own, and it'll be fine. Um, but we're just a couple minutes away from when we uh, have to have Rabbi Starr go lead services. So we uh, well, we're going right, we're gonna, to we're gonna bring Rabbi Starr over here. We're going to bring him over here? Yes, he's going to do a quick hello. But well, I, real I, wanna, interview. I want him to give the official welcome. Okay. Like, maybe we should set up a ribbon and have him cut it. Like ribbon cutting ceremony for our. If Mark Zamek was here, he would have set up a ribbon already. That's true. A ribbon cutting ceremony. Correct. Are Um, we going to go to a quick song, or we just want to transition Rabbi Star? Okay, we'll go to a very quick song. Very quick song. Then Rabbi Star. And then he can go. And then Shachris apparently. Then Shachris begins. I'm holding up Minion. That's embarrassing. Maybe we can get Shlishi for Daniel Wenger. Well, you you just ousted Pollock. Yoni's going to be staying with us. Oh. I'm not letting him leave for Minion. I need him over here. Rabbi Star, is there a 9 o'clock that Yoni and Achim can hit up? <laughs> There's got to be one in this neighborhood somewhere. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. More coming up.
That's Mordechai Shapiro. We are live at the Young Israel of Toko Hills, day number one of our Atlanta adventure. And Rabbi Adam Starr is, of course, the rabbi here for 10 years. Maybe even a drop more than 10 years already. It's my 11th year. 11th year here at the Young Israel. It's a uh, pleasure to have you on the air. Is this the first time that the Young Israel of Toko Hills has turned into a broadcast center? Believe it or not, it's the first time that we've ever had something like this. Never but has happened before. Huh? But we're so thrilled to have you. Bruchim Abaim. This Thank is you. like a dream when you sent me an email saying, <laughs> we have an idea. Can we come down to talk to you about it? <laughs> Amazing. We're just we're just so thrilled that you're here. Baruch Hashem. And in fact, uh, Minion does start around now, right? 640 Correct. Eastern Time. Those who are traveling to Atlanta, and you probably see business people galore coming through this area, right? All we the do. time. They should realize that they have a nice early Minion here at the Young Israel. And um, and you have a great, com- <coughs> great community, and we will have an opportunity to speak later on. Wonderful. More about this community and uh, and give some shout-outs to all the other uh, south- southeastern region of the United States communities. There are a lot of good ones out there. There certainly are, and we, uh, once again, welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. i got to go Davin, but uh, I'll be back. As usual, we lose out to Shul. <laughs> Shul steals our guests from us. Rabbi Starr, I thank you. Rabbi Adam Starr will join us later on. He's our host here at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. He's been the rabbi here for 11 years, and uh, one of the people who was uh, not only instrumental in helping us get down here, but enthusiastic, to say the least, enthusiastic about our journey to Atlanta, Georgia. So the world is focused on the NFL, the world is focused on the Super Bowl, and we are focused on uh, presenting great Jewish programming and speaking about wonderful Jewish communities in the southeastern region of the United States, courtesy of the American Committee for Sharetzetic Medical Center in Jerusalem, who have this amazing habit of understanding how important it is that we, we, when we hit the road, we make, our mar- we make a mark in the Jewish world. And whether we're broadcasting from Israel, even from the hospital itself, or from any area around the world, they understand that we are uh, spreading a good word and, uh, and, and really um, telling a wonderful story about the Jewish world. And uh, we thank the American Committee for Shari Medical Center in Jerusalem. Our thanks to the OU, the Orthodox Union, or by Naftali Herman, is going to join us at the top of the 7 o'clock hour by telephone. He's in Florida. Mm-hmm. and There are also Jews in Florida, I hear. There are? There's a rumor. Everyone here has been telling me that most of the Jewish concentration in the southeast is in Atlanta. Yes, well, that's but also what we've te- been saying. But if you're telling me that there are Jews in Florida, there are. I will invest. Crazy in stuff. Yes. Next year's Super Bowl is in Florida, Yoni. How do you like that? Imagine we're not that. discussing that. that now. Next year's Super Bowl? No, I have an idea, but we're not talking about that. And y- by the way, when you um, when you mentioned that he told, why are you laughing? <laughs> there's a reason we go ahead. Yeah. Well, I should hope there's a reason. <laughs> when you said to Rabbi Star, or or you know, or you know, I have an idea, or we have an right. idea. Um, I Mayor Furtick started laughing, and I said, "Yeah, those are like the deadliest words at the Nachum Siegel Network. We have an idea, because you just have no idea where that idea may lead." Now, last year it led to a pain fight in Shari Tzedek. That was. Legendary. For, or, or unfortunate. But it was, but everything worked out the way it was supposed to, and thank God it was a success. So this year, thank God, also, we are looking forward to a successful week. Last night at midnight, Yoni could attest to this, last night at midnight we're sitting with Mayor Kay. Mm-hmm. I was not. And he says, me, meaning Yoni and I are sitting with Mayor Kay, and he's saying to us a year later, right, it's a year to the day. We're basically. still talking to each other. No. A year later, he's still cannot handle the smell of the paint that stays with no. Every time he thinks of that day, right? Every time he thinks of that night, I should say, he thinks of the smell and it gets him. And he it, noticeably in front of us, he was like, 
I don't even want to say, but he he, he oh was he was reacting violently. <laughs> Let's put it that he needed Sharid Sedek. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so it's really interesting. He so we said to him, you know, the sacrifice you made. He goes, you know, years from now they're going to be talking about the toughest shoots I ever had, and that's probably going to be the one. That's crazy. because it was so difficult to handle. So well, now it, was. it gives you a greater appreciation for what all the kids went through who were uh, and who, the parents who, were who scrubbed in that. those children. You know, so. we joke about how. You know, God works in mysterious ways. And classically, when we were doing that, sh- and, and most of our listeners, or if, if not a lot of our listeners already know this, that um, we were featuring um, we were featuring patients. Through the day. Through the day for the different shots that we were doing at Shari Tzedek. And when it came time to the paint shot, to the paint fight, there were no patients left. Everyone had gone home. Right. Or they were post-op. Now, God... Is the ultimate <laughs> producer because if we had actually taken real patients for that oh my shoot, I mean, we would have destroyed OR schedules for weeks. And, and aside from, God forbid, oh, children who aren't well, correct, it, it, compromising them. No, smelling all that stuff. Yes, Can you imagine them? It's bad them. enough that healthy kids were smelling right. it. Right. Can you imagine it? Oh, anyway, thank God. Whatever. We're here. As Mayor Kay said last night, we are here a year later. Yes, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. And, and one of Mayor Furtick's roles, by the way, is to discourage anybody in Atlanta from doing a show with Mayor Kane. That's right. one, one of the reasons he's here. Is he's, to, he's like standing behind going, no, don't, you don't want to do this. Don't, right. don't let him so, in your store. Don't let him in your in your hospital. Don't let him in your shul. So basically you know. Mayor Furtick is the adult this week? He's the gatekeeper. Okay, fine. Because right, he knows good. from experience what could happen. Right, because so. anything can happen. But ironically enough, you know, we're still welcome back at Shari Sadek. That And that is... I don't understand that, that at all. That is not only ironic. They're, they're, they're still a massive sponsor of ours, which is incredible. I mean, they, right. like I said, we hit the road, whether it's Israel or anywhere else in the world, and they want to be attached to us. How ironic is that when we did what happened last year at Shari Right, Sadek? I would imagine that... I imagined that if we showed up at Shari Sadek with, like, you know gunshot wounds they'd be like no sorry guys we, we know you <laughs> we're too. not taking care of you right it's gotta be some other hospital in this area you can go visit but heaven forbid yeah no, of course we're we say saying. of course we're kidding around but, it, but but it was funny it was funny is it funny now on on the final day of the shoot when the paint fight already had taken place and the noise level at the hospital last year during the kosher halftime show was like it never was before in the hospital, except maybe when Shlomo Kalbach was in the hospital and the famous story of every Kalbachi had tried to get in and visit him and everything. That may have been the only exception in terms of, you know, being a rowdy crowd. But, um, and all this is happening. And on the final day, <laughs> I brought it to the director general's office as if I'm a hero. Right. Like, you know, and I'm like, I, I, are you are you aware of what right. you know, before before you laud our efforts? Are right. you aware of what happened here yesterday? You thought you were going to the principal's office, <laughs> and, and exactly. he's like, "Thank was, you so much." It was like, so are you funny. Crazy? Baruch Hashem. Yes, Baruch and Hashem. he's been on the air with us since. Yeah, he has not avoided us, both right? In which Israel is and the United stunning. States. He is a good man. And to, and this year's kosher halftime show, I can't guarantee you know that we'll have stories like that a year from now. But who knows? I'm sure that uh, you know that that. With Mayor Kay directing, I don't want more stories. and with the special guests that we have who are participating, we have enough stories. It's going to again be, you know, an interesting production. It's all sure. good. It's all good. All right. Well, Minion is going on here. Do we have to lower our voices? I don't know. I, I already confirmed that we're not really interrupting them, and so. Okay. But we do have Avramel, Avram Fried, who made a wedding this past Thursday night. Right. Mayor Furtick's going to be on with us in the second hour. All right. We welcome Mayor Furtick, uh, representing our friends, the American Committee for Shared Medical Center in Jerusalem. And we thank Rachel Wolf. 
Who's Big wonderful. thank you to Rachel Wolf, who has an Atlanta connection. Of course she does, because everything comes back to Atlanta. Is she's that the related, joke now? All she's roads related, are back to Atlanta? She's related to the Schlosses. She is. She's related to the Schlosses. And so she has an Atlanta connection. Right, and of course, Ariella Steinreich also has a connection. Relative? Which is very close with the Schlosses' daughter. Ah. Correct. And we should thank the Steinreichs, by the way. We should thank the – wow, I can't speak. I'm sorry. Because the Steinreichs are responsible for – uh, a good portion of the world knowing about our kosher halftime show and our big trip to Atlanta. And about a lot of the things that we do. Right. They're wonderful partners, so and they really you. get it, so which th- is great. So thank you to the Steinreichs. Thank you to the Steinreichs. All right. Steinreich Communications. Yes, and we should also – I'm just going to do this now, even though we like to do this at the end of – certainly at the end of the trip. But I, we well, should, we're only 40 minutes into the whole show. We should thank our families just for a minute. Ah. I'm going to thank my family. I think they're tuned in. I, I, I have a feeling that everyone's getting ready for school and whatever, but um want to thank everybody for pitching in. Well, there you go. Yeah. A big thank you to the Wallach family for pitching in. Ain't that the truth. And the Hafter family yes. for pitching in. Hafter trying to get back to school today. And um, post uh, Yoni, any, uh, any family members you'd like to thank? Uh, you're sure? You, you can't think of anybody you'd like to thank? Yoni would like to thank his nephew, who looks like Yoni. Did you see the picture? He looks no. momish like Yoni. I just saw the picture yesterday. He saw, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You, he looks. You know, he looks like you. It's really funny. Well, I didn't <laughs> say that. I just said he looks like you. Avramel's next at JM in the AM. We're in Atlanta, the unusual of Toco Hills.
J.M. in the A.M. with Baruch Levine. song is called Pedusha. By the way, Trucker Yitz on the app says Florida is not really the deep south. It's a suburb of Chicago, Philadelphia, and New York City. Just a little humor, of course. We know that our friends in South Florida are uh, one of the most influential Jewish communities in their own right in the southern region of the United States. You might find that comment on our app, and of course, you may chuckle just like we did. Uh, coming up on the top of the hour, Naftali Herman is going to join us, the OU Southeast Regional Director. M- many special guests here in Atlanta today. Um, 
the young Israel of uh, young Israel of Toco Hills is where we are right now, as we broadcast on day number one of our Atlanta adventure, an adventure that includes the Kosher Halftime Show and everything else you'd expect. Kosher Halftime Show goes live 8 o'clock this coming, 8 p.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday during halftime of the big game. You'll have an opportunity to see what we did down in Atlanta. So will we. And so will we at that time. And well, I didn't have a mic now. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. And um, <laughs> and those of you who are uh, curious about how many different Jewish communities there are in this area uh, that, in fact, are substantive, that have you know that have numbers and have people and have and and, and are in, in fact established communities over the next three days, uh, over the next four days, you can have an opportunity to uh, to hear about them. Every other year the OU hosts a communities fair in which communities outside of New York are offered to participate in really what is an expo for Jewish communities located outside of the metro New York, New Jersey area that are real options for families who are looking to live a lifestyle, a Jewish lifestyle, a a Torah-valued lifestyle without destroying their savings account. And... um, (laughs) To, right to put it literally and um and this is sort of our community fair on the road kind of experiment shall we say where we are been given the opportunity and i know naftali herman will be calling in a moment and he'll be speaking more about this um but we will be giving the opportunity for our listeners to hear from from where we are about all the different options that are down here and and I don't just mean in Atlanta, but the number of representatives from, from surrounding communities who are driving in to be on the air with you, to sit here, who are sending representatives, who are making it their business to take real advantage of this opportunity is startling. And to hear what these communities have to offer is mind-boggling. Yeah. Those stories do not get out enough. Those options do not get out enough. We're, we don't hear about it. And and so we're we're particularly appreciative that this has been organized for us and that um, the OU has been such an important part of our programming. And Naftali is in specific. I mean, I've lauded him both personally and professionally um, in terms of his unbelievable um, his un- his unbelievable skills in terms of organizing this with us, but also his incredible personality. He's been warm. He's been helpful. He's been a real partner in this, and I personally thank him. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app, Naftali Herman. The aforementioned Naftali Herman is the OU, Orthodox Union, Southeast Regional Director. He has been working very, very hard with all of us, but especially with Miriam L. Wallach, uh, to provide a comprehensive look at the Jewish South um, as the OU and he have spent a tremendous amount of time over the last many years um, in so many of the Jewish communities down in this region of the country. He's been at the OU for nine years. He has been working in Jewish communal life uh, his entire professional career. And the reason he can't be with us this morning, frankly, is for a good reason, because he and his wife are on the verge of expecting uh, expecting uh, something brand new in their life. 
Naftali Herman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Malcolm. How are you? How's your wife doing? She's doing well, but uh, as you mentioned, I was not allowed to leave Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Well understood. Many of us have been there. Um, So send Shani our best and, of course, uh, continued mazel for your entire family. All right, so Naftali Herman, you're the OU Southeast Regional Director. There are many people who are uh, tuned in right now who have heard the concept from us over the last couple of weeks that we're going to be exploring and speaking about different communities in this region of the country. Tell me about the OU's involvement. Tell me about having an actual presence in this region of the country uh, that really oversees and, and takes responsibility for so much of the activity in all these communities. Of course. So I really have to give a card to the OU leadership and uh, particularly Alan Fagan, who's the executive vice president of the OU, who had a vision a number of years ago and recognized that the real and the only authentic way to provide genuine resources and services to our communities is not doing it from an office in New York. By putting boots on the ground, creating genuine and meaningful relationships with the shuls and the colos and the schools and the communities, wherever it be in the country, we're talking about the southeast here, but this is happening really throughout North America. We did this, I guess I was the guinea pig a few years ago as the first regional director, and we now have an entire team servicing, uh, at this point, pretty much the entire uh, country, really, on North America. And, we, and that's what we've been doing. And it means getting out into those communities and, and, and meeting with community leadership and understanding what the needs are and trying to be a resource uh, for, really, the entire community. And so uh, getting out to Atlanta, where you are uh, this morning, or really anywhere in the Southeast, uh, that's the mandate that I have, um, something that I enjoy. I enjoy the travel. I enjoy spending time and really understanding who these communities are. And if I could put it in one sentence for you, Nassim, these communities are not just surviving, they're, they're thriving. The Southeast is, is doing very well. Hmm, interesting. Naftali Herman's with us, and uh, as many of the communities as we're going to get to this week uh, you know, through the radio, uh, through these airwaves, we're still not going to cover everything. It's going to be impossible. That's how many there are and how uh, I- incredible an impact our community has had on the southern region of the United States. Um, you work with a lot of wonderful people. There are a lot of great rabbis out there, uh, leaders of communities who are doing a wonderful job in this region. Um, we have particular focus this week on the city of Atlanta, as you know. Uh, I've referred to it as a capital of the Jewish South. Um, not to insult any other community that's in this area of the country. Uh, But there is something special about this place. What can you tell us from your personal experience about the city that we now broadcast from, Atlanta, Georgia? It's the true salt of the earth, uh, people. It's a a chalampot of all types of Jews from everywhere. Um, But it's just an exciting group of people. And, you know, we, we got to really experienced that firsthand when we were there for Hurricane Irma. We'll talk about that maybe in a moment, but it's you know, you really have every type of Jew there, and the way that people just go about their lives and interacting with one another and the the respect and the love and the Abbas Yisrael is just something really, really special. That's, we think every community is special, but some communities uh, are really the cream of the crop, and Atlanta is very much that. So its personality seems to be hospitality. Its personality seems to be reaching out and being there for others, uh, both within the community and when needed to, to extend beyond the community. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's got that southern charm. <laughs> now tell me about Hurricane Irma and why that was such an important episode in your own life. Yeah, so uh, your listeners might be familiar with the, the story that happened about a year and a half ago when Hurricane Irma was, was coming up on Florida. Um, we live here in Boca Raton, and like many families here, we're very concerned about what was going to happen, where we're going to go, do we stay put? Uh, many families did make the decision uh, to do. But we got in our car, and we drove up uh, what should normally take about a nine hours. It took us about 20 hours with a, <laughs> a screaming toddler in the back. But uh, we made it up to Atlanta, and the way that the Jewish communities there joined together, opened the shuls, opened their homes for 1,500, 2,000, we don't even know the exact number of how many people were there, but it's something that we personally experienced um, firsthand. It's not just a story that we heard. Um, people took in families they didn't know, and I think the way to best capture it is that um, as we were loading up the car, we mentioned to my uh, to my daughter's uh, nanny, to the woman who watches her um, at that time before she was in school. She said, "Well, wh- where are you going?" I said, "We're go- we're driving up to Atlanta." She said, "But who do you know there?" I said, "I personally happen to know because of my job, but uh, our neighbors, our friends, others from here in, in Boca Raton and in other places in South Florida are, are are heading up to Atlanta." She's like, "But but, but who is this?" I said, that's the Jewish community. We don't need to know who anyone is because we're going to take care of each other. Of course, we obviously offered her to come up with us. She chose not to. But um, to me, it really captured just who Atlanta is and really who Amistral is and that we really take care of the God for one another. And it was it was an amazing weekend. Um, obviously, the entire time we were thinking about everyone um, in Florida and what they were experiencing in Chastayashem, it didn't turn out to be as bad. Uh, for our communities, as we thought it could have been, but the uh, the way that the community in Atlanta and their leadership went above and beyond, and really in partnership with the OU, we had a call um, a few days before uh, that Hurricane Irma st- um, struck, in which we said to the leadership, "What do you need? You need food. You need um, whatever type of resource. You need us to get bed. We'll take care of it." Um, and the Jewish, the broader Jewish community stepped up in giving donations and helping to support the work that we were all doing together. So it, it really was just a, a very, very special few days together in which nobody was turned away. It just it was like the Lahav deal, it was like the Beis Hamikdash, and that it just kept uh, expanding, and there was space for everyone, and everyone was comfortable. And what was really special is that at the end of it, and again, another 20-hour <laughs> fun drive back with a crying toddler in the back um, afterwards, was that on our own initiation, um, really just the evacuees, we kind of got together and we created a, um, uh, it was on the OU's platform, but we created an Akarasato type of um, GoFundMe page. So we raised a few thousand dollars um, and sponsored a year ago now. Uh, our family flew back up uh, last January a kiddish for um, for the shuls there, just as a small token of our appreciation. Uh, we did a big gala kiddish at each of the shuls um, just to express our karsato for everything they did for us. It's a really, really special place. Nachum, enjoy these next few days. You're re- you're really with the best of the best. Well, you you uh, really have a firsthand uh, look and experience firsthand uh, this community on a regular basis. I don't know how often you're in Atlanta, but you certainly are visiting rabbis in different communities of the southeast region constantly in your position. 
as Southeast Regional Director. So if you're telling us that we're going to have a good time in this city, I have a feeling you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's as was Atlanta and Georgia, um, where you are now. So it's wonderful people. But I do want to mention um, it's not just Atlanta and Georgia. It's the, the entire Southeast. Uh, it's interesting. When I lived up in New York before we moved down to Florida a few years ago, whenever I would talk about a region or a part of the country, you go from north to south. Now that I think I go Florida, up Georgia, <laughs> South Carolina, North Carolina, um, as well as Alabama, and Louisiana, which make up our southeast region. And you're really going to be meeting with, with incredible people um, who are, uh, I'm going to keep using this, uh, this phrase, but they are the salt of the earth. They are really just incredibly genuine, authentic who um, who really care about their communities. And um, the Southeast is doing really well. Baruch Hashem. Naftali Herman is the OU Southeast Regional Director. Um, so now I get it. I mean, when communities need something and they turn to National Orthodox Union, I understand that especially in a dire circumstance, in an emergency, there's going to be an immediate response. But very often... Um, uh, you know, the, you need you need a go-to person. You need someone to go to who can you know take a message to the uh, to the national office of the Orthodox Union. That's where you come into. In, in, that's where your role uh, comes into play. And um, and because you are uh, able to see firsthand everything happening in these communities, you're able to bring those messages back to the national office. And that's a a very important conduit for the, um, you know, for the different things that need to uh, to reach the OU and need to reach the greater Jewish community. Right, and that's really pretty much what the uh, the vision was in the beginning that I alluded to before, was this concierge service to really get a pulse of what the community's needs were. And my first year here in the region, it was just a listening tour. Uh, instead of coming in and saying, well, we're, you know, we're the OU, ABC is what we can do for you. Adarada, we, we sat back and we listened and we understood the unique needs of each community and how we could develop a strategy to support and provide whatever resources that were necessary. And we're evolving, we're growing over the past few years. You know, now that we're past that step of that initial developing of the relationship, you know, there's a much more now of a focus of partnering together with our communities. More specifically, we're working in ways to enhance the Jewish home in terms of Ruchnius and Torah, um, but of course, keeping to our, um, to our mandate of providing whatever resources are needed, whether it's in a crisis, as it was during Hurricane Irma, or helping a shul with strategic planning or whatever, whatever the needs are. We're, we, should, we are their first phone call whenever they're in need. All right. We thank you. We thank Alan Fagan. We thank Mike Bain. Uh, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to uh, take this mission very seriously and really highlight the different communities this week so that people around the world will know what's happening in the southeastern portion of the United States. Naftali Herman, I thank you. Uh, continue to be in touch and continue to do a great job here in the uh, southeast uh, region of the U.S. Thank you, Nachum, and thank you to Miriam and the entire team. They were incredible to work with, and it's going to be an exciting week. Thank you so much. And we should point that out. We should point out that because of Naftali Herman, we um, uh, we have all these uh, incredible interviews and uh, wonderful conversations that are going to be happening all through this week because he's been working closely with Miriam L. Wallach um, to schedule everything and to get people on who are uh, who are ready um, who are ready to. Uh, talk about their communities and how wonderful their communities are. It's Kosher Halftime Show Week here at the Nahum Siegel Network as we broadcast from Atlanta. We are here courtesy of the American Committee for Shower Medical Center and, of course, the Orthodox Union as we get set 
for another great kosher halftime show and broadcast all through the week from the from one of the capitals of the Jewish South, Atlanta, Georgia, today at the Young Israel of Toco Hills. Thanks for joining us at JM in the AM. <laughs> Kosher Halftime Show 2018. Who will be the star of Kosher Halftime Show 2019? 
As soon as we know, we'll let you know. Um, but we do have some special guest stars who are in, including some local Atlanta talent are going to be part of our Kosher Halftime Show, uh, whose production kicks off later today here in Atlanta. The whole world is focused on the NFL. The whole world is focused on Atlanta, Georgia. We're focused on Atlanta for, for other reasons than football and entertainment and all the other things that are happening um, with the coaches and players and every, all these little conversations and minutia that are being analyzed and discussed. I mean, everyone needs to know exactly what's going to be happening every time someone lines up to punt. Are they going to be faking it? Are they going to be actually punting? Everyone needs to know all these things. We are concentrating on other things, important things. Talking about the Jewish community of Atlanta during this Super Bowl week and uh, its surrounding uh, southeast region communities. Uh, Randy Gold is our guest. The Gold's lives changed dramatically in August of 2009 when their 18-month-old daughter was diagnosed with a preventable Jewish genetic disease. Devastated and surprised because they were previously screened for Jewish genetic diseases, Mr. and Mrs. Gold learned that they were only screened for eight of a possible 19 known diseases. They also learned that there's no standard testing panel. In uh, reaction to all of this, in response to all of this, J-Screen now exists. Genetic testing just got easy because of J-Screen. You can go to the web at jscreen.org. Randy Gold, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much for having me. We're so delighted to have you in Atlanta. Appreciate that very much. Our southern hospitality, we have to welcome all these out-of-towners to Atlanta. You originally from here? I was born right here in Atlanta. In Atlanta, Georgia. Grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Really? So you know Southern. the Saracens, of course. Of course I yeah. do. We should play Jewish geography now, I guess. Shout out to my friend Jenny Saracen. <laughs> my age. I grew up with her. There you go. I hope you're listening, Jenny. And we knew Chaim, and we knew Jeff. And of course. You know, there you go. All right, then, Michelle. There you all go. right. <laughs> now that, with that, four that, or five more, and you've covered them all. <laughs> now that that's done with. Um, so wait, I would assume you and your wife had one of the standard genetic testings that that my wife and I likely had right a similar one and so many other people had I did not know that those in those days or maybe still today only covered a certain number of tests and today you've created something that covers a lot more so the fallacy with your question is the idea of a standard test there is no such thing as a standard test in fact I was screened by my Jewish doctor for two different diseases, and my wife was screened by her Jewish doctor for eight diseases, and only two diseases that she was screened for was I screened for. So there was no way to tell if we were both carriers of the same genetic mutation and might have uh, a chance for a child with a genetic disease. You mentioned in the introduction, at the time, there were 19 diseases that we could have been screened for. Today, J-Screen screens for 226 diseases. So if you're being screened anywhere other than J-Screen, you are not being screened for the most comprehensive panel available to you. So you're at risk. 226, you said? 226, and we screen by saliva. It's very, very easy. When you log on to J-Screen... No blood work? No blood work at all. You log on to jscreen.org, you put in your information, you put in your health insurance, and if you have any health insurance at all, the total out-of-pocket cost is only $150. We send you a spit kit in the mail. You literally spit in a cup, Put it back in the pre-addressed envelope, and our genetics counselors call you within three or four weeks with your results. And um, obviously, for those not familiar with how it works, if uh, both of the uh, t- of the of those who are taking the test are carriers, then they have a situation they've got to 
all they've got to take care of. They got to they got to figure out what to do at that point. All the diseases that we're talking about are recessive disorders, which means the husband and wife both have to be carriers of the disease, and each disease has its own carrier rate, and then both have to give the mutated gene to the child. So. Any uh, pregnancy where husband and wife carry the same mutated gene, they have a 25% chance of having a child with that disease. Caroline, my wife, and I have a uh, lovely, healthy 12-year-old boy. He'll be bar mitzvahed later this year. Uh, thank you. Our very first child, Natanel. And why would we have any reason to think that our second child would actually have a genetic disease. Not only had we thought we had been screened appropriately, but we also had a healthy child. So we tell families, not only before you start having children, preferably, preferably before you get married, you should be tested so you know what you're getting into, but also before your second or third or fourth child, check back with us and make sure that there aren't diseases that have been added to the screen to make sure that you're being screened for the most comprehensive list of diseases. Randy Gold is with us. Do you have a medical background? I don't have a medical background, but some have told me that I have an honorary medical degree. <laughs> well, I would assume at this point you do. I have spent a lot of time on these issues. And when you say adding testing, I mean, how often... Are tests added? Well, how, how often are are diseases added to that test list? Well, when we were screened in the mid two thousands, there were you know nineteen diseases available. So over the years, it's now grown to two hundred and twenty six. And I'll tell you that most of the screens that your listeners have taken are really only screening for Ashkenazi diseases. Right. And J Screen screens for Ashkenazi, Sephardic. Persian and common Caucasian diseases as well. So not necessarily Jewish. Not necessarily Jewish, but I happen to carry a disease called spinal muscular atrophy, very common in the Caucasian population. Now, my wife is not a carrier of that disease, so we could never have a child with that disease. I could only pass on the carriership, but many of the screens that your listeners have taken don't even screen for that disease. That particular disease has a carry rate of 1 in 40 in the Caucasian population. Wow. Uh, Randy Gold is here. Jscreen.org. It's letter J. Letter Jscreen.org. Someone goes to that website. They could order that kit for the $150 that you mentioned. They could do this test. And it's really as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You find out from a genetics counselor, someone who is skilled in this field, what your carriership is. They will discuss with you the options available to your family to have healthy kids. And there are a number of different options. I personally think that the best option for having a healthy child of your own is a process of in vitro fertilization where they then test the embryos to determine which ones are carriers of the disease and which ones are not. That's called pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. And that's exactly how we have our six-year-old daughter. Her name is Shai Emuna, and she is absolutely our gift of faith because after having gone through the difficulties of having a child with the disease, to be able to have a healthy child of your own is just an unbelievable feeling. And that's why our program is not about whether you should get married once you know your carriership. But how to deal with it. I always say it's hard enough for one Jewish boy to find a nice Jewish girl. (laughs) Why would we give up the opportunity just because of our carrier rate when we can still have healthy children of our own? All right. Uh, And there are plenty of medical personnel these days who know how to guide people in these areas in in many, many cities, right? Not just here in Atlantic. I know you're Are you associated with Emory? Am I right? So our program is housed at Emory, and there are many, many doctors around the country who are familiar with this. I will tell you that there is a huge, huge lack of information, not just in the medical community, but also in the rabbinic community. 
neither one of our two rabbis and neither one of our two Jewish doctors really knew what they should be talking to us about as premarital counseling came along for us. So if there is one rabbi in the world who is proficient, who is sensitive, who knows these issues and who can deal with them, it's Rabbi Adam Starr right here at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. So I would suggest that anybody who has a question about this particular issue, reach out to the Young Israel of Toko Hills. The resources here in Atlanta, believe it or not, are phenomenal. And Rabbi Starr would probably be able to recommend people around the country that are that are also able to address these issues from a rabbinic standpoint, and obviously that's a very important standpoint. All right, uh, we recommend that everybody out there, and when we say everybody out there, we're talking about parents who are about to marry off kids. We're talking about kids who are you know, set to get married. We're talking uh, about or, young singles. We're talking right. about young marrieds. We're talking about folks who are having their second or third child. We're not necessarily talking about grandparents here because right. the effect trickles down through the generation. So if a grandparent gets tested, that doesn't necessarily mean that it affects the children. What I will tell you is that J-Screen has screened in every single state in the country. Now, I don't know if JM and the AM has done a remote in every single state in the country. We're on our way. There are <laughs> listeners in those states, so you need to get there. We've screened thousands and thousands of people all across the United States states um we are working on an international opportunity to bring this to canada to israel um we've identified hundreds and hundreds of couples who carry the same mutation who are at risk of having a child with this disease and i hear stories from people all over the country about how jscreen has affected their life in such a positive way wow go to the web everybody jscreen.org jscreen.org is letter jscreen.org and you can uh, make sure that your family has the opportunity to make important decisions in a very responsible way. And I thank you, Randy Gold. You're doing a great service, you and your family, by bringing this to the attention of the public. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. We're gl- glad to have you here out of town. Appreciate it. That's a native Atlantan. Is it Atlantan? Is that the proper? Y- you got it. A native Atlantan. Happy to have us here uh, broadcasting JM in the AM from Atlanta, Georgia, on this Monday morning with Young Israel of Toco Hills. Everybody out there. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned in all through the week as we continue to provide and to present amazing uh, discussions about Atlanta and surrounding Jewish communities brought to you by the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. And of course, our friends at the uh, Orthodox Union, Naftali Herman, who was with us earlier. Thank you. Naftali Herman, who was with us earlier, uh, has been working very hard all through the last few weeks with Miriam Al-Wallach to get high-quality guests who are able to address why the Jewish South is thriving, why it's doing so well, why it's uh, one of the uh, regions of the country that people all over should be considering as they uh, pursue different communities for their families around the country. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebin, Rebosav Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Rebosav Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Rashi asks, why does it say, Vayikach Loshen Yochid, when we know that both Shem and Yefes took the garment in order to cover Noah, Rashi explains that Shem took more effort in fulfilling the mitzvah than Yefes. Because of that, the mitzvah is called by his name. Shem was Zoch that his children got the mitzvah of Tzitzis. Yefes also wanted to fulfill the mitzvah, but he didn't put himself into it. His children were Zoche to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. The schar of Yafis will be only given after thousands of years, when the war of Gog and Magog takes place. They will be zochet to kvura, but not to live. On this we can ask, Shem 
really received the schar immediately. Yafes, only after many years. Why? We also know that Yafes did the mitzvah while he was still alive. Why is the schar years after his passing? The answer is something amazing. A person has a nitus shalev, a spark in his heart. He has to change his avodos Hashem completely. By Rashi telling us that Shem put himself into the mitzvah more than Yafes, it meant that Shem did not wait for one second. Yafes took a little bit longer, even if it was a second later. That second in this world could be judged as a thousand years. From Yafes we learn that the delay of a moment in this world can actually delay 4,800 years in the payment of the reward. The second question of why he was not Zaycha to merit reward in his lifetime. The answer is that since he fulfilled the mitzvah as someone who was seemingly not alive, he was lazy. That's the reason he received this reward when he was also someone who was not alive. Mida Kineged Mida. From this we see that an individual must never delay in the performance of a mitzvah, in doing something good for another individual, in helping out Klai Yisrael. The delay of even one second can mean that there is a serious consequence. We learn, Mitzvah Habaliyadcha, Altach Mitzana. Whenever we have that chance to do a mitzvah, never delay. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. JM in the AM. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Another one of the wonderful features here at uh, JM in the AM on a daily basis. Those of you who are just becoming familiar with this show, because before we came to Atlanta, you had no interest in this show. And now all of a sudden, because we're in the South, you are discovering what we do every single day. Uh, Rabbi Goldwasser is one of the people that is, in fact, with us every single day as we take our Torah presentations very seriously. And uh, we want to encourage everybody, don't just tune in. Don't just have us on in your kitchen in Atlanta when we're down here for the week. Uh, have us on in the kitchen in Atlanta and everywhere else in the United States every single day, every single morning. You'll see it'll enhance your life. One of the people who could attest to that is Rabbi Norman Schloss, who not only is a wonderful host for us here in Atlanta, and a big shout out to Lydia Schloss, by the way, because she's really the one who's uh, who's uh, taking the brunt of the responsibility to make sure we're taken care of. Uh, but he's also somebody who's been listening to this show for how many years, Rabbi Schloss, should I say, as I fill in the blank, for how many years? Fifteen years. About fifteen years. At least. And he listens to the show when he's in the southern part of the United States, when he's in the northern part of the United States, and when he's outside of the United States. He doesn't just listen here in this country. He's listening in other countries as well. He's rabbinic field representative for the southern region of the OU. He covers Georgia and Alabama and so many other states. And one of the uh, things we've spoken to him about in the past is, of course, his involvement with Coca-Cola. Uh, Coca-Cola is uh, synonymous with Atlanta. And let's make it clear to our listeners right now that in no way, shape, or form will you reveal any secret ingredients of Coca-Cola in this conversation. No matter what we do to you, Rabbi Schloss, well, no matter me- how we grill you in this conversation, you will not reveal any Coca-Cola secrets. Well, let me put it this way. If Pepsi was able to cut the Super Bowl, what can I say afterwards? Yeah, what's the story with that? 
What can I say? Super Bowl's <laughs> in Atlanta, and Pepsi's got the halftime show. That's the way it is. That's why we have an alternate, the kosher halftime I can show. tell you that there's a plant, a Miller Coors plant in Albany, Georgia. Not Albany, Albany. Yeah. And right outside, there's a big billboard for Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. That they right? bought for 50 years on a contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Um, so you have an interesting, uh, you, you have a very interesting um, uh, vocation. You get to visit all these different companies, see these products as they're being made, guarantee that we as kosher consumers can use those products and enjoy them. Now, where will where will this week take you to? What types of facilities this week? I have an 11 o'clock flight to Nashville. I'll go from Nashville to Cookville to Crossville to Knoxville. For what types of companies? I'll do anything from a uh, company that makes... Uh, Cake mixes to snack foods to a vinegar plant to uh, even a company that makes the ink that goes on the sugar paper for cakes when you make a picture on a cake. They uh, make the ink that goes on there. Uh, just a whole for, uh, some chemical companies, some uh, uh, sugar processors, the whole How many years have you been doing this? Well, according to me, not long enough. According to my wife, too long. But I've been full time with the OU now for about uh, 18 years. And I've been doing kosher uh, on an industrial level for about uh, 30 years. I look at it as long as people eat, I have a job. And and would you say that in those 18 years you've seen a a big difference in the approach of these companies? That that many of them who had the mo of not really caring if their product was kosher years ago now understand the importance of having kosher supervision. The industry is clamoring for kosher supervision. I get it in my area alone. I get between one to two new companies a month looking for kosher. Um, one of the major companies that just became kosher, a lot of it through my efforts, was Little Debbie Snacks. Yeah. They're now completely under the OU. I didn't realize that. And uh, Who can we send out for some Debbie Snacks right now? Or Little Debbie, actually. And uh, uh, Bush Beans, they're all uh, going like crazy, wanting to get into the kosher market, wanting to expand their market because they realize that kosher not only meets the kosher needs, but also meets the needs of other societies as well, and they can get it all under the rubric of the OU. Some of the companies that you just mentioned, is it a very difficult process for them to become kosher? Not at all. They look at, uh, they look at us as a helpmate to them in promoting their business and getting things going, and they look forward to my coming. Um, you know, it's uh, very funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, I gave a talk at the, one of the schools here, and a kid came home and said, Ima, Rabbi Shlans, the Mashiach came. <laughs> so I said, Mashiach, no, it's Mashkiach. But you know what the Mashiach and Mashkiach have in common? What's that? Nobody knows when we're coming. <laughs> but you know, you, you, you know the differences between us. That's very good. You know the differences. What's the difference? Everybody looks forward to the Mashiach coming. <laughs> right. When the Mashkiach shows up, right. it, it could be a difficult experience. But all, I, I would say of all my companies, and I have about 120-some-odd companies, I can't think of any company that I go to that says, oh, no, the rabbi's here. Right. They all look forward to me uh, coming. We have a good time. They know that I'm a nice guy. I joke around with him, but I also mean business. And we're in there for the same thing, to promote their business for the betterment of Kashrus. Now, when you're outside the country, and I did mention that you do, uh, and you've reminded us uh, how you do listen to JM and the AM in places that are outside the United States. That's primarily for Coca-Cola or other things as well? The only place I go to outside the country is Ireland. Yeah. I spend about 15 weeks total in the year in Ireland. And when I'm there, we're up in the control booth uh, 
for the workers doing all the uh, production, and I have Jam and the AM on loud in the control booth, and we're all listening to Jam and the AM. I love it. And is that for Coke? Yeah. And be, and that's, why, co- that's Coke for Israel. That's what it is? I'm there for the Coke for Israel. So you're in Ireland because they're producing Coca-Cola for Israel. They're producing the concentrate for Coca-Cola for Israel. Simple as that. As simple as and that. And it goes nowhere else? I'm just doing Israel. And does that facility provide Coca-Cola concentrate for anywhere else? They provide for a lot of places. Like Europe and other cities? But I'm there only for the Israeli production. Interesting. So you're the reason that people can drink Coca-Cola in Israel. You got it. In fact, uh, last year I was visiting my uh, son and daughter who live in Israel, and we got a tour of the Coke uh, bottling plant in B'nai Brak. And they were able to take us into the back room and my kids were very impressed that my signature was on any box that came in. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, what have they done in terms of Pesach? They do Coke and Diet Coke, right? We finished Pesach already in November. We do Pesach in November. The we yellow can, caps, the whole thing. No, we, oh, you're not, you're not bottling. We're not, right, we're not right, bottling. We're just doing the concentrate. Right. I, I ask because some people would like to see uh, you know, a number of flavors or varieties added to the Pesach we've, we've had discussions with Coke about that, and they're looking into it. But I can tell you that when we make Coca-Cola for Eretz Yisrael, all the flavors and everything are kosher Pesach. Oh, the entire line. We make the entire line. We just can't get it here in the U.S. Correct. Here we're limited to Coke and Diet. And that's part of politics, et cetera, whatever. Oh, it's a business thing? It's nothing to do with... I have have no idea about that, but we've talked about it with Coke, and they're aware of it, and they said they're going to look into it, and that's what it is. How often are you in this Coke facility in, in Atlanta? Well, the concentrate for Coca-Cola in Atlanta, uh, for the States is made in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and uh, we, we have a, the OU has somebody else for that. Coke does not want the same person in both places. So I go to Ireland, and Rabbi Yehuda Buzan goes to Puerto Rico. Very interesting. I'll tell you, the way things work in this country, it's really incredible. What a country. Well, there you have it, Rabbi Norman Schloss. What can you tell us about Atlanta? You know, we've, uh, again, we've been uh, the generous recipients of your or I should say we're the recipients of your generous hospitality, and you're one of the people that has encouraged us to come down here eventually, and, and sure enough, we have. But what can you tell us about this great town? We've been here now for uh, 41 years. We're smart New Yorkers. and it's Who just, brought you down here to begin with? That's another whole story. That's another interview. Right. But uh, basically, my sister-in-law, Evie Resnick, uh, uh, she came down here as a single girl. She liked it. Uh, we came down afterwards. We liked it. Uh, was I was selling office supplies in New York. The city was my uh, territory, and we just got sick of New York, so we came down here. It's a very warm community. You can be a small fish in a big sea or a big fish in a small sea. You can do whatever you want down here. People are very, very receptive. Uh, there's a sense of community that no matter whether you go to Young Israel or Beth Jacob or any of the other shuls, everybody's together. And uh, I'll give you one example that uh, year when we first came down here, we went to the. We were invited to the Israeli bond dinner, the citywide Israeli bond dinner, and it used to be a non-kosher affair. And the president of the shul got up, Beth Jacob got up and said, "I'm the only one here who's keeping kosher," and he was booed. But that was the first day of the Six-Day War. Beth Jacob mortgaged the shul for a million dollars for Israeli bonds, and he got up and said, "How I have here, I have here checks and cash for bonds that were raised today, not pledges, cash and checks." And since then, the dinner was kosher. But it was the entire gamut of Jewish community being there. And when something happens, it's the entire Jewish community that that, uh, that has that. It's, it's a gehilla. 
It's a it's a place where you belong. You're not just a somebody who comes to shul and nobody talks to you. Nobody has anything to do with you. Uh, since I've been here every Shabbos, just about Rabbi Emanuel Feldman should be well, and Rabbi Elan get up and say anybody who needs Shabbos hospitality, call Echol. Every Friday night, every Shabbos lunch, come to our house. We'll take you in. We'll have you. We'll, we'll have you enjoy Shabbos. We'll tell you about Shabbos. You'll see what it's all about. That's the Atlanta community. Wow, very nice. And the 41 years old in Toko Hills yep. in this area? Uh, yes. This is the place? This is the place. And, uh, in fact, my, my sister moved down here, and uh, my, kids, my, my kids all uh, were up in New York in schools. They all moved back down here. Two of them went out to Israel, but two of them still live here. Because, and you see also the growth of the community is that kids who lived here went away to school and moved back. And now their parents are moving down here as well to be with their kids and grandkids. That shows the strength and the growth of a community. Rabbi Norman Schloss, rabbinic field representative of the southern region of the OU, traveling today to Knoxville and all these other places to continue his kosher supervision. If it has a villain in it, I'll be there. Thank you so much for being here today. All the best. There's Rabbi Schloss, everybody. One of the people who never believed we'd actually make it to Atlanta, and he got to see the day when we did make it to Atlanta. I look, I look forward to listening to you again next week when I'm in Ireland. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Let us know. Comment on the app. Let us know that you're in Ireland. More coming up. This is JM in the AM, and this is Avram Freed. <laughs>
the a.m. with Avramo at Avram Freed here on a Monday morning. We're at the Young Israel of Toco Hills down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you to Leslie. Thank you to everybody here at the shul. Um, big thank you to um, all the people who have made our journey to the um, city of Atlanta possible, including the American Committee for Sharitech Medical Center in Jerusalem, including our friends at the OU. The um, AJA carpool number 255 is on the road and listening to the Atlanta broadcast. Thank you very much for that. Uh, the Golds, according to one of our commenters, oh, the rabbi writes this, the Golds are one of Atlanta's hidden treasures that benefit so many. And um, listener Brian says, I agree with Rabbi Gold, Rabbi Star is the greatest, and not just because he's my brother-in-law. Enjoy Atlanta. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, well, Mayor Fertig is here. He's, of course... Um, he is, of course, the uh, Chief Communications Officer at the American Committee for Sharitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem. And um, he is, uh, I mean, somebody who's very familiar with JMNAM, as you know, <laughs> but even he, with his 30-plus years of being a uh, staff member with JM and the AM, even he must be a little surprised or tickled pink that we are here in Atlanta, Georgia, doing these shows. Mayor Fertig, welcome back. To JM and the AM. Thank you, and I am because I ha I I love Atlanta. I've been here before, oh. and I really like this place. It's a nice place. Very nice community. We're at the Angusville of Toco Hills, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and for us a, uh, a a a mission to discuss and to and to spread the word about the Jewish communities of the Southeast region. Of course, uh, one of them being Atlanta. The American Committee for Sharitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem has embarked over the years on many projects with us. Uh, you and they understand, and we should toss in Rachel Wolf as well, who has an Atlanta connection, by the way. Oh, does she? Yeah, she has uh, relatives uh, living right around the corner, practically. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a small world. Well, it is a small world. Rachel was sorry she couldn't be here, but life intervenes. But, <laughs> it uh, certainly does. I was dispatched. So um, when we broadcast from Israel... Or we broadcast from somewhere in the United States or anywhere around the world. Uh, the people at Shari Tzedek understand the value of that, how important it is to get the word out. I don't want to make this comparison because it would be uh, it would it, it would take a lot of nerve to do so. But <laughs> yeah. but there is a team right with many Shari Tzedek people on it that also dispatches itself around the world on a regular basis. Yes. Now, I don't know if they're in this week's mission to Brazil or not. I just I don't know. Uh, that just obviously just happened a couple of days ago. Yeah. But every time there's a nat natural disaster right. in a country that is ready to accept people from Israel, to mm -hmm. accept help That's right. from Israel, Shari Tzedek's at the forefront. So they get the whole... And you're referring, of course, to the IDF Mobile yeah. Field Hospital, which Correct. is led um, by Doctor by Professor Ofer Meron, uh, who is uh, the incoming director general of Shari Tzedek and he uh, in his role with the with the IDF leads the uh, the uh, IDF field hospital which has uh, been judged by the UN believe it or not right. the World Health Organization to be uh, the, the the best of its kind in the world until recently it was unique I think now China has achieved that same designation believe it or not but Israel uh, paved the way for anybody to have that level of a mobile facility and that's Dr. Marin. He is the incoming director general, as you said, and you'll recall back in October when we were in Israel, Dr. Halevi, the current director general, uh, was on the show. Right. 
and he's very enthusiastic about Dr. Ofer Merrin's ascension. Correct. To Director General. He, he feels that this has been, that this is mm-hmm. going to be a transition that's really been long in the making and that has been one where Dr. Merrin has been trained and Correct. molded Correct. for this job. So, as you know, uh, as, as we all know, anybody who's involved in, in the business world, one of the uh, most uh, high-level things that any executive could do is groom his successor right. or her successor right. and make sure that there's somebody ready to step in. Right. And, you know, that happens at the highest levels of very, very large organizations. Uh, Professor Halevi has been began grooming Professor Merrin to take over as the Director General 10 years ago, right. more than 10 years ago. That's what he said. He identified right. him as the talent and started putting him into position. Now, Professor Merrin is a very accomplished person in his own right, even if the, this would never be, even if the Director Generalship of Sharit said it was not in his future, he is a cardiothoracic surgeon. As I said, he is the um, he is the uh, head of the IDF mobile. Uh, mobile Field Hospital. He is the person who, um, followed in the footsteps of Dr. Applebaum, all of Shalom, really um, professionalized trauma services at Sharit Tzedek and, and, and brought trauma services up a huge step. Um, so he's an incredibly accomplished individual in his own right, and by the way, exceptionally humble and a very nice person also. I like Dr. Um, right. And, uh, and, and he's been preparing to take this on for the last decade. I want to point out we're on Facebook Live right now, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, a lot of what we're doing in Atlanta is going to be Facebook Live, and you'll have an opportunity to see what's going on. We, we literally are sitting, Mayor Fertig and I at the moment, um, we are sitting in front of uh, our NSN banners, uh, which are in the uh, front lobby of the Young Israel of Toko Hills. We are here in Atlanta, just a few feet away from the Beit Midrash where our chakras just took place, and we are uh, broadcasting on day one of our journey to Atlanta as we focus on the Jewish communities of the Southeast, courtesy of the American Committee for Shared Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, who are presenting our broadcast this week. Um, those who are on Facebook may have noticed mm-hmm. That Yonatan Razel and his wife just had a brand new baby boy. Baby boy. And how did Yonatan Razel decide to thank Sharit Sedek Hospital <laughs> by writing and performing a new song? Now, this video is actually in the hospital itself. It's in the hospital. It's not. It's not. It's a, sh- a relatively short clip. It begins right. with him really just saying the most lovely things about the labor and delivery department. <laughs> I mean, he really they did a good was, job. Yeah, he was. He was. He and his wife had, had Baruch Hashem had a wonderful experience. He said some very nice things for a moment, and then he uh, performed. He was holding a guitar, and he performed uh, about a minute or so of uh, of a song that I'm not sure if it's uh, a previously composed song or one he wrote for the occasion but he dedicated it to the labor and delivery department and he's such a good performer like he's a great performer but my point is that there are certain things that only happen yeah. at Shirat Sedek yes i don't think too many other hospitals around the world get that type of reaction from a brand new father yeah. um they I, do i i can't know for sure 
but I, I think you might be right. And yeah. in any event, it was really a very special moment. I'm There's, glad we we're able to put it up on our Facebook page. And the, people can check yeah. it out. American Committee Facebook yeah. page has American it. Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center. It's on Facebook. Uh, it's on our Twitter page. Also, uh, Shari Tzedek US. And there are a lot of Yonatan Razel fans out there who will appreciate it. And there's a certain spirit to the hospital. That's my point. It's so there's true. A spirit. Yeah. Obviously, labor and delivery is a pretty happy yeah. place compared to other places in the hospital. But in general, there's a, a feeling of camaraderie, a feeling of brotherhood. Right. Um, we've spoken many times that you are, as a hospital, servicing every type of resident of Israel. Correct. Which you feel as you go through the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel with great pride, by the way. You feel right. with great no, pride absolutely. as a member of the Jewish community. I- Ahead, I remember sorry. the first time I walked in there feeling what had been described to me as this is a very special place. My colleagues who had, you know, in some cases had been there for many, many years had described the hospital to me as something very special and unique. And I felt it when I walked in. I know that you felt it when you walked in because we talked about it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and that is just a very common reaction. Sharid Sedek is, you know... Unfortunately, there are many people in the world who have had plenty of experience going to hospitals for one reason or another. Um, it's not always for a uh, for a tour or you know for a good occasion. Right. But there is there is something about this place. Um, it's a busy hospital. It's a major urban hospital in a sense. Smack in the middle. Um, right. I mean, point. it's the centrally located hospital in Jerusalem. It serves the entire city, the entire region. Um, it's an incredibly busy, overworked place, frankly. But there's something about the mood there. There's something about the vibe at Charitetic that is just um, that's just really nice. Finally, um, when we talk about mood and spirit, we'll be talking about this forever, which is how we turned your hospital into a set for our kosher halftime show last year. <laughs> I joke that you're in Atlanta to warn everybody here not to allow Mayor Kay into their facility. I'm only, I'm only, I know, but it's a great shtick. It is a good shtick. And, you know, and so you as a representative of the hospital, yeah. now you could tell all the proprietorships and right. the synagogues right. and the local establishments – so we're Take gonna, it easy. If you see Mayor K walking through the front door, beware. Mm-hmm. You never know what may happen. When have. I see Mayor later, we'll know how good a shtick it is if he talks to me or not. <laughs> Believe me, he's more than willing to talk to you. The question is, are you allowed to talk to him? That's the question. But so, yeah, so everybody at the hospital is. St- I mean, who I who I interact with. It's is, a year later, is Mayor. still talking about it, and they they remember it fondly. Nobody. There was no PTSD involved. Um, <laughs> Except on Mayor's part. <laughs> right, that, right, with the paint. You right. said that before. That's remarkable. I know. I will never forget. I mean, we have a picture of it, but I have a mental image of him walking down the hall after we did that taping. Yes. Um, to find a place to clean up. Yes. And he finally went into like a, a janitorial closet. Correct. With a shower he or something. He said it reminded him of the place you go to before going to prison. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was look, a lot of interesting elements to that. It's a shame we don't have footage of that back the behind the scenes because that was we, incredible. We, we must, by the way. I, in fact, in fact, it does exist. He does have footage of it because his his second camera guy was definitely on that. So today we start um, uh, we start filming Kosher Halftime Show 2019, and we're mm-hmm. sort of we're so we're glad you're part of all this because we sort of wanted yeah. to. You know, give the impression to people that we left Shari Tzedek last mm-hmm. year. Now we're here in Atlanta to sort of do the same type of thing. We're thing, so. very, very happy to be part of it. I mean, yeah. as you know, as I've said on the air and off, um, we are very, very grateful for having such a wonderful partner Thank you. as the Nachum Siegel Network and as you and as Miriam and Yoni and the entire team. 
and um, you feel something special about Shari Tzedek, and we feel something special about the Nachum Siegel Network. You're going to be and, you're going to be alarmed uh, at the at the note yeah. that my producer just held up to me. You're going to be alarmed. She claims that you're the shadchan that brought her to the Nachum Siegel Network. That is true. You want to take credit for that? I'm just, do. I'm just asking. I do. do you want to take credit for that? I feel that you and I know each other long enough. <laughs> because that I our, can tell you one our, thing. By Thursday, you're not going to want to take right. credit for it. Our, you, yours and my relationship can withstand even that. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, I thank you very much, Mayor Fertig. We'll have more, of course, to talk about as the week goes on. As thank you. As we continue you. these amazing shows from... Atlanta, Georgia. Rabbi Starr is going to join us and plenty more coming up. Facebook Live, everybody. Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. May I just take a moment to thank my hosts here, our cousins, oh, Gitti yeah. and Aaron Shlomo Golding, who uh, were kind Golding. enough to allow me to crash. Which So instead of staying in a hotel somewhere, I'm staying with families. So that's wonderful. And also to Hani Fertig, who... Um, Let's just say we had a little emergency with a friend's dog this morning, and if I'd been home, You'd I would have handled it. it. So, Hani, uh, extra, extra, extra credit Everything for being seems amazing. Everything to happen the moment you get out of town. Isn't it huh? incredible? It's funny how life works. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at com on the NachumSigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. More coming up. We're in Atlanta at the Young Israel of Toco Hills at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM at Shlomo Katz, of course. We're in Atlanta. Can you believe it? We made it to Atlanta, Georgia. It is hard to believe, I know. Kosher Halftime Show this week. We'll be on Facebook Live in a second. That's why I'm just stalling for a moment while Yoni sets it up because I don't want to miss a second of having everybody star with me on Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Wanted to remind our audience that our, our wonderful Matis Weingast is sitting Shiva for his mother in Elizabeth, New Jersey at his home. Uh, he's sitting until Wednesday morning. If you have an opportunity to go over there, make sure to. And if you need information about any of the details, just contact any of us. Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. And we'll have that for you. Coach, our halftime show this coming Sunday, of course, will be under the leadership of Mayor Kay later on today at some of the landmarks in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, the world is focused on Atlanta this week. You know why? Because there's a game this Sunday. There's a game at the stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Yoni. Mercedes-Benz where they play. I think it used to be called the Georgia Dome. And the whole world is focused on this game. Will Brady be better than the other guy? And will the other guy be better than Brady and the whole thing? And um, we've used this opportunity to do what we do best, to come to Atlanta and not concentrate on the game and not concentrate on all the minutia of this upcoming Super Bowl, but to concentrate on the beautiful Jewish community of Atlanta and its surrounding communities. Rabbi Adam Starr has been the rabbi and the spiritual leader of this congregation, the young Israel of Toco Hills in Atlanta since 2008. They have 210 member families. He has roots in Silver Spring, Maryland, Yeshivat Shalvim, Reitz at YU and the Hebrew Institute of Riverdale. He was associate rabbi for eight years. He serves on the executive committee of the Rabbinical Council of America and is past president of the Atlanta Rabbinical Association. Serves on the Atlanta Regional Based in for conversion of the RCA. Rabbi Adam Starr, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. So great to have tell, you here. Tell me something about this town that does not involve hospitality, warmth, and a welcoming atmosphere. Tell me something else about Jewish Atlanta that I need to know. So I would say the wonderful relationship that all segments of the community have with one another. Um, in terms of the Orthodox community, that the shuls get along, we support one another. Um, as we'll probably talk about a little bit later, when Hurricane Irma came, we all right. came together to make that happen. But also the relationship with the or from the Orthodox community to the broader Jewish community. Uh, we're really one large family, and we work together. We respect one another. And uh, it, I think that's something that uh, many other communities should be able to emulate. Now, you're uh, very familiar with the New York and New Jersey area. Yes. And we can't always say that in that heavy concentration of a Jewish community, are there always, you know, easy, um, cordial relationships with everybody? Uh, so we could learn from the experience here in Atlanta. Right. It's all we? about re building relationships, and it's a little smaller here, so you're able to really know who the players are and take the time to reach out and to connect to all the different types of Jews that we have. Tell me what's unique about this shul. First of all, I heard your building is unique, that it's... It's built by certain standards that we're not used to. Yes. Um, so this building is just under five years old. Yeah. It's actually the first Orthodox 
synagogue to be built from scratch according to environmentally sustainable standards. Why? Who implemented that? Who felt that was important? So when we were building this synagogue, one of the things that I said from the beginning is that we're not just building a shul to have more space, to be able to have more people, but we're building a space like the Mishkan that should represent our values. And we thought about many of the values that we want to represent represented here, and there was uh, some leadership, including Jeremy Sarnat, who uh, who's a professor of environmental studies at Emory University, and he looked into this and he said, we can actually do this and if, it, if we value it, and we can actually, there even can be a cost-saving if we take the time um, and the intentionality to make it happen. And what are some of the features that are here for that reason? Um, so, as you notice, when you walk in the, it, you never need to turn on a light or turn off a light. Right. It does it for yourself. I assume Shabbos. Shabbos, we have a whole <laughs> separate Shabbos system. Yes, yes. Some people come in and they say, "What do you do for Shabbos?" Don't worry, we we took that Shabbos was first and foremost. We took that into account. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the special materials that are used. That it's built um, using materials that are environmentally uh, friendly. And when you say materials, you literally mean walls, doors, etc. The ba- the basic parts of the building exactly pretty interesting uh and it's a beautiful building i must yeah, say thank you very spacious and lovely yes. and we have been hearing as i said to you earlier about the young Israel of tokyo hills for many years i would say decades and sure enough it's lived up to its right. reputation one other thing that we did when we built the building was to value accessibility and inclusion um so when we built the sanctuary and when i met with the building committee i said two things we're going to start with we're going to start first with the the Aaron Kodesh for the Sifrei Torah, but immediately after that, ramps. We need to make sure that this place is accessible and open to all. So somebody in a wheelchair could get to the Aaron Kodesh. Could get to the Aaron Kodesh. And could have an aliyah. Could have an aliyah. And beyond that, we have a special shulchan that lowers, that's specifically made to be lowered to the height of where a wheelchair is. So you don't have to lift the Torah in a special way that this person with a wheelchair needs to feel so different when they're getting an aliyah. And it's seamless. So in reality, somebody in a wheelchair could read the Torah. Uh, that could ha- we have not had that happen right, yet, but, but that happen. would be a, a wonderful thing that and, we would and, celebrate. And this special bima that you just mentioned has been used. That there have been times when it's been needed. Absolutely, to. it's pretty amazing. Rabbi Adam Starr is with us. We're talking about the Young Israel of Toko Hills. Um, you know that uh, look. I mean, shuls are way beyond just davening. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, Jewish education. It's uh, you know, it's such a central part of adult education and really, you know, education for all. What goes on here on a regular basis? What are some of the types of things that happen at the Young Israel of Toko Hills that are attractive to the people who live here? So in about an hour or so, there will be a uh, learning group that comes in on, mo- a, mon- on a, mo- Monday mo- morning? a Monday morning. On a Monday morning, we have a couple of classes that are taught. The first one is taught by, by my wife, and the second is taught by myself. And um, we have classes and programs and activities um, going on throughout the week. And we also have some major events. One that I'm most proud of is our signature Yomatz Mood event, where we yeah. actually don't have here because it's too large. We go to the local park, get 500-plus people there from all across the community to come together to celebrate it. I noticed the collection of uh, Koran Yomatz Mood Machzorim that are here. Absolutely. It, we, it, it looks like my, uh, my Mizrahi synagogue in Manhattan. So uh, Koren, you, if anybody could see behind us here, <laughs> uh, we are the poster shul for, for Koren. That's something that, Yoni, you can show on Facebook Live <laughs> if you don't mind. That the, uh, the, the Koren company is well represented here Absolutely. at the Agus of Toko Hills. Um, and uh, I noticed that APAC, uh, they've got a presence in town and people are involved. And there are other causes, Israel and 
not necessarily Israel, but Jewish causes that are important to the community uh, that are constantly being uh, highlighted here. So there's, it's, it's not just shul activities and shul study and learning, but there's also a lot of other things that people can get involved with community-wide. Right, there are many organizations. What I always often say about Atlanta, it's the, the perfect size. It's not too big and it's not too small. It's large enough that you have all your basic um, Jewish infrastructure, Orthodox infrastructure. You're not going to the boondocks here. This is not tremendous Messiris Nefesh to come out here. At the same time, it's small enough that if you want to make a difference, you matter and you can really get involved right from the beginning. All right, you mentioned Irma before. Uh, it's an opportunity to uh, t- to give a little tip of the hat to Naftali Herman and those of the Orthodox Union that have been helping us, and I know that you uh, you uh, at times feel the the love from them as well yeah. in terms of their assistance down here. Absolutely, we're very grateful to the Orthodox Union, especially Naftali Herman, uh, who's just done an amazing job, really focusing on the whole region of the Southeast. And I did want to mention when when Irma came, and we realized almost within an hour (laughs) that we have a few guests, (laughs) Um, we set up a call with the leadership of the Orthodox Union, and they said, what do you need to make this happen? And we said, that's a simple answer. We need money. We can take care of the the, the rest, but we need financial assistance. And it was pretty much an open checkbook. They said, do what you need to do, and we're going to give you a certain amount, and if you need more, come back to us. And um, what was amazing is because the outpouring of support, every last penny, penny that the OU put out through donations got, got back to them. Right. And I, but I appreciate the OU having the forethought and saying this is the right thing to do and we're going to invest in this and make it happen. Uh, any estimate of how many people came from Florida at that time? It was in the thousands, right? It was certainly in the thousands. I forgot how many families exa- exactly. It was an unbelievable experience. I mean, basically you had a whole other community come to our community. But it was the, the symbol of Achdus. You had Jews of all types here. Uh, actually, and Motzei Shabbos um, in our patio out there. It was, it was a beautiful evening. Um, we had music. And we had musicians from all over. And, <laughs> the, and just had a Malava Malka. And you just said, felt Mika Amcha Yisrael. A real, um, I guess a real synopsis of the same hospitality and warmth that I alluded to earlier is that whole episode of Hurricane Irma. Uh, as uh, the Atlanta Jewish community opened its home. And again, a tip of the hat to the OU. Uh, if somebody wants to explore life in Atlanta, can they be in touch with Rabbi Adam Starr? Absolutely. We would love to have you. This is a little bit of a recruiting uh-huh. trip for you here, isn't it? You're welcome to come. Thank God we are a growing and vibrant congregation. You read 210 family right. units. We're now up to 230. Nice. But what's most amazing is the amount of children we have in this congregation. We have over 250 kids, 18 and under. This place is bursting. There's a future, and uh, we're so grateful for uh, what we're able to provide and the future that we have for the Jewish people. So you have no regrets taking this job, huh? This has been great. It's, um, I, I love being here, and uh, we've really been able to make to make a difference and find a place that to, to call home. Rabbi Starr, I thank you. Thank you for your hospitality and for welcoming us here and for really being involved with us in the very beginning of all this. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun, <laughs> and we got a big week ahead. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank week. you, Nachum. After all, it's Super Bowl week, everybody. And thank you to Miriam for all her amazing work putting this together. Miriam Alwala gets a special <laughs> shout-out. How do you like like that. <laughs> Is Eric Robbins in the house? He's not going to like all the praise that I'm going to heap on him, you know? He's not going to like it. We're in town a couple of months ago, folks. We're in town a couple of months ago. 
We're, we're, we're assuming there's no way in the world that we're going to be able to meet at a moment's notice with the CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta to tell him about this mission, to tell him about this dream that we have to really focus on this city during a week that the whole country is focused on this city. There is, after all, a Super Bowl this week. Uh, and sure enough, within minutes, he agreed to meet with us. And not only that, and here I'm really going to embarrass him, not only that, um, when the um, when uh, it, it became it, when it became public knowledge that we were heading to Atlanta and it was time to uh, to alert all the uh, different media sources, they contacted uh, Mr. Eric Robbins and said, uh, you know, give us your impressions of the fact that NSN, the Nahum Siegel Network, to be spending Super Bowl week down in Atlanta, Georgia. And here's what he had to say. He said the Jewish community of Atlanta is very excited about having Nahum Siegel and his network join us for the week leading up to the Super Bowl. The network does important work highlighting the star players of the Jewish community, and this is a wonderful opportunity for us to share with their listeners some of the highlights of our community. The excitement in the community is palpable. We thank you very, very much for that, and welcome you to JM in the AM. Good to be here. Nice to reunite with you. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Robbins has a history that has taken him to places like New York City, the Educational Alliance, you know, is less than a mile from our studios on Grand Street, the Educational Alliance based on East Broadway. Uh, you've been in uh, Metro West, where I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. So Metro oh, yeah. West is, of course, a, you know, is very <laughs> dear to me. You know the whole route. If you know Metro West, you know the whole Federation routine. Uh, and then, of course, here in Atlanta, Georgia, Pittsburgh. We mentioned you're from Pittsburgh. That was That's very right. meaningful in our conversation because at that time, we had just come away from broadcasting in Pittsburgh after the massacre. So you have really seen a lot of key Jewish communities That's right. over the years. And thank you for welcoming us here. You're now president and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta. Give us an overview of this community. From your vantage point, what is unique about where we sit right now? Well, where we sit right now is the most unique community in, Oops, sorry about that. Go ahead. in, uh, <laughs> in, in North America. But we don't want to tell too many people that because we don't want them all moving here. You this don't is, want the secret to no, get out. No, huh? no, this is the best Jewish community. It's bad right enough here. that the NFL has taken That's over right. town That's for a right. week. That's right. This is it. This is the heart of it all, having lived at all kinds of places. But, um, no, Atlanta is a unique community. It's a unique community for a lot of reasons. It's got a history of uh, the South, Southern Jewry. People came here. Uh, built a wonderful city. Uh, a lot of it actually, Nucleus wasn't right actually where we sit here in Toco Hills. Right. But then as Atlanta grew, uh, it, it, sprout, it, 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 it sprouted all over the place. Uh, so we have a large geographic spread, a lot of people moving here all the time. But the exciting thing is there are people that move here with uh, very diverse experiences from from all kinds of cities, you know, from Chicago, from Pittsburgh, from Detroit, from from San Francisco, from St. Louis, and they all come here, and uh, it it just makes a wonderful blend of 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 a very diverse Jewish community that that really cares about each other, that cares about the Jewish world, and we still have the the core group of people that were that built this city too, that were a real part of it in its uh, smaller days, and that's really special too. So it's a it's a blend of an old city. In a new city, and we, 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 we look at ourselves as a 21st century Jewish community with lots of things happening. There's any day of the week in this community you can find something going on in this Jewish community. There's always something, um, you know, from big to small to 
to little, you know, to to you know, for children, for families, for for older people. So we're real, we're real proud of what we have. It here. seems to be a real trailblazing community, and you're describing just that. Eric Robbins is with us, president and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta. We're on Facebook Live, Facebook.com/slash Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, look, you've seen, and I alluded to it in the introduction. You've seen how a lot of different federations around this country and how their regions work. Many concentrate on different things. Uh, we know how important the field of Jewish education is. Is the Federation involved in making sure that kids in this community are educated in a Jewish fashion? Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, as we uh, emerge out of a year of uh, real planning and, and, and envisioning for our future, education has sort of risen to the top. Uh, you know, um, there were times in Jewish history where we had to, you know, we, we're not walking away from rescuing people if we, God forbid, have to or or, you know, building the state of Israel and all those things. But today, it's really, uh, you know, Jewish identity is something that, that we really, you know, we're, we're, we're assimilated people living here uh, in, in North America, fortunately in, in very free society and can do pretty much what we want. But that also some, sometimes we move away from, from our core and what's so important. And we know that Jewish education is, is, is crucial. We have a network of, of day schools here that probably rivals any city in the United yeah, States. We were impressed with what we saw. And, um, and we know that we need to continue to strengthen those schools. We can't just uh, put them on autopilot. They have to be strengthened. They have to be evolved. Um, you know, this, this, this world is changing quickly. And in addition to that, we know we also have a lot of Jews that, that uh, really take advantage of our supplemental schools, and we need to invest in that and, and just give everyone a chance to uh, have a, a Jewish education. And, and, and not just formal, but informal. We're really proud of our camping uh, right. world here. We have uh, You actually went to camp in Atlanta. I grew up going to camp in Atlanta, right. even though I lived in Pittsburgh. Um, we have a network of camps here, about four or five resident camps, and some really wonderful day camps. So camping's a big piece of the of the informal network. Nice that we to have. have a CEO of the federation whose agenda uh, includes a uh, includes education. Yeah, frankly. no, it's 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 right at the top. Um, we've been very impressed with the uh, the synagogues and the schools that we visited, etc. And we've made the point, and I'm sure you've heard this already. We've made the point as we concentrate on not just Atlanta but the whole southeast. Uh, that the rabbis here do feel a kinship with leadership in other cities in the southeast. Does the federation feel that Atlanta's federation also has a role in helping smaller communities around this region? We do. We do. I mean, look, Atlanta's the sort of the headquarters of the south. So, yes, we're always here. Uh, if, 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 if our, uh, you know, communities in Columbus, which aren't too far, small Jewish community, Macon, Savannah, right. get calls all the time. How can we help? What can we do? Chattanooga, not too far to the north. It's, people don't realize uh, how that many of these little there, Jewish huh? communities in these small towns, Augusta, Georgia, um, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch and, and things come up all the time. It's really amazing. But, but I would say what I'm more proud of is what we do for each other. Cause I don't, I've not, I've worked in all those communities you've mentioned and I've yet to see a community where the rabbis work together and work for the, the betterment of the community along with the agencies. Uh, exactly a year ago, uh, Rabbi Starr and I worked together with 70 other leaders of this community in Israel. We spent we spent uh, about nine days together, and of course, we did a lot of amazing things in Israel. But but the work we did with each other and the opportunity to be together and sort of say, you know, we're going to move this community forward together was really amazing. And we're actually getting together again tomorrow 
<laughs> just to sort of see where we are a year later. I mean, there's always more work to do, but those types of things make me really proud. There's very few cities that, that can really say that they can bring their entire community together uh, from all from all levels of, of, of observance and, and, and from agencies to synagogues to, to, to the whole mix. And, and it's and remarkable sort of, what can be accomplished when right. everyone decides to work together. That's right. And again, with your experience in all these different areas, uh, right. you, you could say Atlanta has a uniqueness when it comes to this. It absolutely has a uniqueness. It absolutely has a uniqueness. It's a, it's a, it's a city of the future. It's what I think a lot of North American cities are going to look like as we become much more global and as we become spread out and we, we move all over the place. I think, it, I think we're you know, pioneers here forging the path of what a 21st century Jewish community is going to look like. And we're going to make it an incredible one. Eric Robbins is president and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta. You're at the beginning or closer to the end of your term? Uh, no, I'm at the beginning. I'm, oh, this nice. is yeah. It's uh, only been here two and a half years. Uh, this is the pinnacle of my career. I've done a lot of great things, but this is where I'm looking to give 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 it all back. You know, you, every year you get more experience. We become more wise. So. This is it. This the is folks the, back in New York are jealous of your accomplishments. Uh, right? You know, New York, you leave, they forget you the next day. But that's what. <laughs> you know, I, I dropped all the New right. York names. You right. remembered them, but they wouldn't remember you, huh? Nah, uh, you know, we, we, we still get up there a lot, you know. I mean, New York's an unbelievable community. It's the best north, you know, it's as far as Jewish cities. You can't do better than that. But, but these are the cities that really uh, – it's easy to be Jewish in New York right. my, from my experience. And it's also easy to be anonymous as a Jew in New it's York. It's easy to be anonymous as a Jew in New York. Here you have to work to really create a strong, vibrant Jewish community. And we have. And we have. And uh, it's just a different – That's one different. of the reasons I think that people get along in their efforts because they, they put in so much work. It's like, guys, let's try to make this work instead of you know right. letting it fall by the wayside. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, who's going to win the Super Bowl? You're a Steelers fan, I, I it's assume, It's not right? going to be New England, that's right, for sure. You're, I assume you're a Pittsburgh fan. I am a Pittsburgh fan. So you, fan. like I, cannot I, possibly root for New England. I cannot root for New England, uh, <laughs> although although I like what New England has done for the, the Jewish people. Yeah, I know the, that whole Robert Kraft thing. Yeah, that, it's, it's you crazy. Know, it's a, it's a, yeah, you know, uh, but... Um, and then you see Edelman on the field, hard to right. root against the guy. But <laughs> Pittsburgh strong with the star of David on his sneakers. I mean, yeah. what are we supposed to do with this? Yeah, but no, I, I am still depressed. The Steelers aren't there. I mean, really depressed. It really, it's. Uh, it it, it would have been a good story for this year, it, right? It was well every year. I, it's it's oh, it's you know, Steelers job. The Steelers. You're wearing a Steelers. I'm wearing a Steelers. I wear I wear you know. Yeah, that's. Uh, it didn't do me much good this year, but I've been wearing it. The whole season. You were actually in Pittsburgh right after the massacre, correct? I went there about uh, ten days after. Right. Yes, yeah, I've been there a couple times since. Yeah, Loyal but that, that was you. devastating. You talk about what the, you talk about what's happened this year in the Jewish world, and that stands out obviously and more. This than century, else. this yeah. this you know this millennial. I mean, it's just uh, it. You know, for those of us from Pittsburgh, it just it just. I mean, for all Jews, but right. for those that lived in that neighborhood and knew what that neighborhood and how secure and how safe and how you know, we talked about the uh, the Jewish world feeling the collective pain. For you guys, it must have been a right. much more acute pain, of for course. Sure. And now we, as outsiders, understand more after having been there why the Steelers were there. They all live right there. They all live. That's now, the, which the, now makes the, sense why they're all at these memorials yeah, and feeling part Mike of the Tomlin community. Mike Tomlin lives a block from the synagogue, right, from, the, from the Tree of Life. That's right. That's right. The mayor lived a block the other way. It's a great city, Pittsburgh. I mean, 
once again, I don't want to say too much great about this right. neighborhood of Toco Hills because I don't. We don't want too many people to move here from New York. <laughs> but, you don't stop with that. But this message, is sir. this is this is as good. This is. You know, good. I did say earlier that if someone wanted to <laughs> move to Atlanta, they could call Rabbi Starr and get his, you know, guidance. I don't know. This, this may be conflicting agendas. You and he have. Well, he does. He needs membership. So I get it. <laughs> but uh, he needs more New Yorkers down here. <laughs> Well, I thank you. I thank you for being so welcoming to us and for really, really uh, making us feel at home down here in Atlanta. And it's been a pleasure to meet you and spend all this time with you. Well, we love you being here thank and uh, have a great, great time here. And good luck with the halftime show. I'm really excited to, thank to you check very it out. Much. Hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. There will be some Atlanta landmarks in it. So okay. at the minimum, you'll recognize the place. Okay, great. <laughs> thank you, Eric Robbins. Thank you <laughs> thank so you. much. He is executive, a uh, president rather, and CEO of the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta. You're on Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. And of course, uh, we are broadcasting live from the young Israel of Toco Hills down here in Atlanta, Georgia on a Monday. Keep it right here at JM in the AM. Across the cities, hands across the seas, heartbeats together. It's the sound of unity. We're linked in a chain that changed the world. When you feel the strength, you spread the word. We're linked in a chain that changed the world. When we get together, our voices heard.
JM in the AM. Monday morning. Boy, we got some nice comments on the app. We just got an unbelievable shout-out from the Kedem Wine Corporation. Listener Yoichi says, A great city there. Enjoy, in reference to Atlanta. Schwiger, who we know as Cena, awesome to be listening to this fabulous live show from Atlanta, the place of my birth. Whoever would have, th- whoever would have thought this could happen. Simply amazing. Thank you. The Kleins write, what a week to be in the greatest city in the United States of America. J.M. Nam, you all are the guest stars. And because of you all, the Super Bowl decided to head down too. I like that. Um, <laughs> they're inviting us to Brewster's down the block after the show. Um, and listener to Sondel points out that Rabbi Krohn mentions in his book how incredibly this community responded with chesed and loving kindness in the uh, during the episode of Hurricane Irma. It is a play. We're on Facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network, Facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network, Facebook Live. It is a an honor and pleasure to welcome uh, Ambassador Judith Varnay-Scharer, who was appointed in July of 2015 to serve as the Consul General of Israel to the southeastern United States. Ambassador Scharer, is that the right pronunciation? is a nearly 40-year veteran of the Israeli diplomatic corps, a former ambassador to both Hungary and Bosnia-Herzegovina, as well as former minister of congressional affairs at the Israeli embassy in Washington. Her most recent post was desk director at the Center for Policy Research. She has substantial experience in the U.S. and the Middle East, speaks Hebrew, French, English, and Hungarian, was born in Beersheva. My relatives are on Derech HaMashacharim. I hope you know, I where, do, I hope I you know, know where that is. What? I can't believe it. And Ambassador Schur is our guest here at JMDM. Shalom, shalom. Thank you so much for being here. Shalom, Avracha. It is a real honor for us that you came this morning. We appreciate it very, very much. To me too. Uh, I have good news for you. There's an Israeli election. Is that good news? <laughs> <laughs> There's now an election and the whole campaign process is going on. And you're saying to yourself, Baruch Hashem, you're in the United States. Because if you were there, you'd have to sit through all of that stuff going on at this point, right? I'm voting at the consulate. You will be voting at the consulate. Oh, yes. Every Israeli shaliach is voting. Right. We keep our right. How many regions are there? We say that you're representing uh, the state seven of... Seven states. Seven areas of the United States? No, seven states. Seven states Georgia. is the southeast. Yeah. How many are around the country? Like how many consulates? No. There are eight consulates in the entire United States. Got it. There is the embassy in Washington and eight consulates around the United States. So there are eight people like you who yeah. are consul generals. Yeah. We know Danny Dion, who's right. in, in New York. Yeah. Uh, and you are covering Georgia, you said. What are Georgia. the other states? Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, St. Louis, Kentucky, and West Virginia. And what is the attitude in these states toward the state of Israel? Baruch Hashem, good. Yeah? Yeah. In most countries, this is considered the Bible Belt. Right. This is considered lots of uh, evangelists live here. Uh, this is a, the South is still with Israel. It's not only with Israel. They support Israel. They are very much with Israel. Right. And it's a pleasure. They're giving money to Israeli causes. They are publicly declaring their love for Israel. And they're not involved, uh, for the most part, in the BDS movement. That's something that hasn't seeped into this area. No, you're right. <clears throat> you're right. And Ainara, be careful. Right. Um, it's not yet. 
it's uh, lingering underneath the <coughs> the soil but uh, people are here are against the whole notion of boycotting boycotting being against but when it comes to Israel it's even worse they are against they don't want to hear about it right. wherever we hear about something rising up we are five minutes later we are there we are trying to keep it down as much as we can and this is one of the biggest uh, thing we are we are uh, fighting, fighting. Right. yes uh, I hear BDS I said where let's go right could be a college campus could be that's in, the problem. it could be in a state legislature it could be anywhere that's you're the ready main to fight. problem the campuses right. it is a breathing car to place for this uh, movement or the movement of those who are who feel that they are neglected that's the where the BDS is growing tell me how welcome you feel in the city of Atlanta very much so it's a if I can add also to what Eric told you just a few minutes ago, it's a very welcoming and friendly uh, city, growing very, very fast, uh, going to become in the near future a high-tech technological city. That's why people are coming here. And they come here because of the weather. Okay, tomorrow the weather is not going to be very well. <laughs> You're warning us, huh? <laughs> I warned my daughter. She, she, Since she's going to a Jewish school, she has to drive 20 minutes. I said, you know what? Tomorrow I think you can stay at home. Uh, Atlanta, going back, is a very nice, warm city uh, going to become a high-tech, uh, cyber, whatever technological event you want. Very, very friendly to Israel, extremely friendly. 55 or 60 compa Israeli companies are here. And uh, as uh, Robert said, and I will underline it, it has one of the most beautiful Jewish communities you can wish for yourself or for us as a Kehila. Right. It's a pro-Israel, Zionist, friendly, goes, the people are traveling a lot to Israel. They keep the, the, uh, the contacts constantly. They believe in Israel. And uh, as an Israeli representative, it gives me the best feeling. Imagine. It, you have tools to work with. You know that if you need something, there is always someone to answer you. We're speaking with uh, Ambassador Judith Farnai Scharer, who is the Consul General of Israel to the Southeastern United States. We're the Young Israel of Toko Hills, our first day of our visit to Atlanta, Georgia. You're representing, in a political sense, the state of Israel. Who, who are you emulating? Who are your heroes in Israel's political past? That you that you see yourself, you know, copying their style or trying to convey to the people in the United States the way they were able to convey to the English-speaking public. Nahum, can I call you? Of course. That name. I'm civil servant, so I really represent the state of Israel as is. I have my heroes as people, as personalities, who 
are good speakers or left after them a legacy. But I represent Israel. And it's not tough these days to represent Israel. I started a speech of mine in one of the places I was uh, uh, invited. And I said that I refuse to be Shimshon the Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not. I'm coming from a great country, technologically one of the most advanced in the world, technologically, agriculture, politically. Do you think that 70 years ago I could have said it? No way! <laughs> I'm the daughter of two Holocaust survivors. May they rest in peace, both of them. I lost my mom a year ago. And they brought me up in a very Zionistic home. And I believed in the basics of Israel. I don't need much people to follow. I follow my inner belief and convictions, what I got at home, what I got from Israel. And I'm proud of it very but, much. But you're making a point that, that is not lost on me and I actually never thought of before. You get to say things about Israel that Golda and Rabin never were able to say. You're, you get to say things about Israel going through the glory days that they're experiencing now that prior leaders of Israel never were able to say to the world. Now you have representatives, and I'm sure you feel this, just like the prime minister feels representatives from around the world coming to Israel, begging for technology right. and dying to be part of this association with Israel. I'm sure you feel the same way. None of your predecessors were able to feel that, or to a very small degree. I am serving, as we say, uh, the government of Israel, the state of Israel, in a time where Israel is changed tremendously, and I'm lucky. I grew up mm -hmm. in Israel where, uh, when I was a baby, there was still tzena. People were rationed by food. Yeah. Today, we expert food. Today, we are experts everything. We are the center of, of pilgrimage of people and, and politicians and whatever. I'm very proud of it. My father, Alava Shalom, arrived from Hungary to Beersheba. And you know what was his first? <laughs> from Budapest. I can imagine what Beersheba looked like. <laughs> from Budapest. And what was his first job? He was watering the trees. The public trees? The public trees. When you go to Beersheba, you mm -hmm. see in the entrance of Beersheba. Now they are grown up, <laughs> 70 years later. All because of him. Yeah. So... That's what my parents were doing. Uh, my mom was just uh, an accountant or something like that. They came from very well-to-do families in Budapest, and they survived. My father died early because he was in Russian captivity in Siberia for five years. So they exchanged. But, and then he came back uh, to Budapest uh, in, in a hole. Look how different one generation later. Look how different 
Jewish life is. Look how different it is in Israel. Look how different it is representing Israel. Oh yes, unbelievable. Uh, but it's it's a lot of work, but it's full of pride. I thank you very much for being here. This is a kavod gadol for us that you're here. Thank you for inviting me. A thank pleasure, you. and thank you for welcoming us to Atlanta. And as you and as you've told us, we continue to see that it's quite a place. It's it quite is. a wonderful community. Thank you very much. A pleasure. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Ambassador Judith Varnay Scharer, who is the Consul General of Israel to the Southeastern United States. I want to remind everybody that the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is coming up. The Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is coming up. You'll have an opportunity to uh, to hear Mayor's take on what's happening in the election campaign and so many other things all coming up here at uh, JM in the AM, or I should say after JM in the AM. Um that's what's uh, going to be happening uh, right after we leave the air at 9 o'clock Eastern time. So you'll have the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten. Then the world of sports. I know we like to say that we're paying no attention to what's happening down here this week in Atlanta. But to be completely honest, we are giving uh, Yoni Pollock, of course, his opportunity, along with Seth Gordon, to uh, give their Super Bowl predictions uh, after further review between 10 and 11 Eastern time today. At 11 o'clock, Novak now with Jake Novak. Coming up next on the next live edition of The Israel Show, the countdown continues with 71 days till elections. The Israel Show will continue its ongoing coverage. Two archaeological discoveries have been found by chance encounter this past week in Israel. Hear about the fascinating finds and, of course, this week's Israeli music mix as well. The Israel Show follows us. Go to facebook.com slash the Israel Show and make sure to like the page. Uh, Tova Warburg Sinensky is with us live via telephone. She comes to um, she comes to the Atlanta area as advisor and educator uh, for the uh, sexuality intimacy curriculum for the Atlanta Jewish Academy. She has taught similar courses at Mayanot and the Kohelet Yeshiva that we are familiar with uh, in the different cities in the Northeast. And she is the Yoetzet uh, Halacha, right? Yoetzet Halacha here at Young Israel of Toko Hills. Tova Warburg Sinensky, Shalom, and welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning to you. Is it difficult being a long distance Yoetzet Halacha? It is really a privilege. I heard a lot of uh, uh, poet land to talk on the previous interviews, and I'm definitely one of the fan clubs. <laughs> I. I very much uh, enjoy coming to Atlanta, and uh, I have found that at the bedrock of, of all of what you know, I do, really, is building relationships. And when I'm in Atlanta, I spend a lot of time with different groups of people cultivating those relationships so that it works long distance. So we'll have different events at different people's homes uh, with different age groups, state groups. And I'll be able with different families to get to know them and cultivating those relationships and getting to know everyone. Um, as I come, I find that I do receive um, a, a good number of questions every month from, from women and couples in Atlanta. So you're here at, a, at about once a month? You're here at the Young I'm in Atlanta about three to four times a year. This year I'm coming for three shots of and I, I have a Facebook presence, so people are kind of aware um, you know, of events that are happening. I post regularly, so I'm in, in communication with women and couples, and I, uh, I receive questions throughout the year from the Atlanta community. 
Speaking with uh, Tova Warburg Sinensky, Yoetzet Halacha here in uh, Atlanta's Young Israel of Toko Hills. All right, first of all, tell me about the training. What does one need to do to become a Yoetzet Halacha? Okay, so Nishmat uh, originally, uh, 20 years ago, started a, a Nishmat uh, Halacha training program in Israel, which was the brain challenge of Rabbi Nishmat Halacha. And uh, about seven years ago, there was a realization that while it was incredible that there's so many Yoetzot in Israel, there was a need to create a, a parallel program, a satellite program in America to train Yoetzot to serve the North American uh, Jewish community. So the, the program is essentially two years um, of training where we study all of the halachic texts, starting with the Gemara, going down to the, um, you know, the, the, the halachic sources and modern day responsa, in addition to training in all of the different areas that intersect with this area of law. So physiology, fertility, psychology, pelvic floor, pregnancy, influence, contraceptives, and everything in between, which is really a hallmark of the program. So it's about 2,000 hours, and at the end, there is an exam, a four-hour oral exam with four different rabbis on the entire curriculum. So that's in a nutshell of training. Only when, you, only when you recited that list, I bet, did a lot of people realize how many things you need to know in order to do what you do. It's interesting. There, there, are, a lot of, there are a lot of different uh, areas that really intersect with this, this, you know, this area of halakha, and I think part of what a major contribution of, of Yoatso is that they're a, a comfortable address for women to, uh, to gain accurate and, and relevant halakhic knowledge and also be able to have the support of someone, a female, who they can relate to, who they know, understands what they're going through. And that's why I think this part of the curriculum uh, is, is so critical and so important. Tova warburg Sinensky is with us. You said Halacha here at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. Um, I'm sure Rabbi Starr would agree and other responsible rabbis would concur that, that what makes a Yoetzet Halacha and her position worthwhile is if it leads to greater observance and care among uh, not just women but families and, and people who want to become um, more well versed in in uh, in the in Jewish law and ritual, and in addition to that, have it enhance their lives. Have you seen it, in fact, enhance the lives of families down here in Atlanta? I have um, definitely seen every single month. I have a new woman um, calling me. I perceive that this one in Atlanta probably over three hundred and sixty questions since I began. And I, my understanding is that that's huge uptick from from frequently being asked. And I've also heard that there is an increase in mikvah attendance um, in Atlanta. Wow! So based on those, that data, although and I think there's definitely been an increase in observance, which is of course a major goal. Uh, and I also have, you know, I talk to women all the time, and the conversation is interesting. As you know, so we um, we keep a lot of our confidence, a lot of our calls, and a lot of times what we notice is that the phone calls are not just two minutes long, but they're longer because women are really engaged. They really want to learn. And as you know, so we really want to empower them with the knowledge to, to understand the halakha and understand the answers that they're, that they're given. And the so more I've definitely seen engagement. And the more knowledge one has, one would think the more comfortable they'd be with the rituals and with the uh, guidelines that Judaism provides. Exactly. And the more they know what to ask. 
which right. is which is so important uh, in in this area. Well, especially when when really the whole reason that Rabbi Tenkin started this incredible uh, program was because she saw that women were not asking either because they didn't feel comfortable, mostly because they didn't feel comfortable, and they were either being too stringent, which leads to a deficit in someone by it and the relationship with one's spouse, or they were being too uh, too lenient and not observing the halacha properly. So this has really been an incredible contribution, um, I think, to the Jewish community. How different is your role when you go to the Atlanta Jewish Academy? You're not dealing with adults, you're not dealing with families, but you're dealing with youngsters. Yeah, so one of one of the uh, the interesting interesting uh, benefits of of being a Yuasa is that I get to see uh, the, the adult population and understand the questions that I receive and the conversations that I have. What are the what are the most common misconceptions that people have as adults? And one of the most powerful things that I think Yuasa are able to do with a high school population, besides for being role models of of women who are who are committed to Torah and, and learned individuals is to start education young. To start not by start by debunking those misconceptions that people have about their bodies, about halacha, about intimacy, and to really build from the ground up. So I think that's a really really crucial role that you also are able to play and are playing in many different uh, educational settings. And I find that. The students are very receptive. They want to talk about these topics. These are the topics that are on their minds. And it's so important for us as educators to not keep these topics in the closet and make them taboo, but to really provide a, uh, an address for the men and the women, the, the young men and the women, to talk about these topics in a, in a safe space and give accurate information and prepare them for the world that they're entering and their future relationships. And it's a crazy world out there, so the more reliable the more reliable information they have, the better off they will be in the long run. That's always been my philosophy, at least. Definitely agree. Definitely now, agree. Now, be careful with my last question, Tova Warburg-Sinensky, because you're speaking to us from New Jersey, and I'm asking you about how great the Atlanta Jewish community is. <laughs> we don't want to insult your friends and colleagues in the Garden State, but there, as you said, early, but as you said earlier, in this, but as you said earlier in this conversation, there is something special about where we are right now down south. That is true. <laughs> You'll leave it at that, huh? <laughs> oh, watch your question. Well, no, I, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say a final word about the Atlanta Jewish community, but I don't want to get in trouble with the people up north. But you will agree that there's something extra special about this community. I will agree. I'll say, I'll say a final word about Atlanta. Um, I find that um, one of the most powerful things uh, that that so can do in their work is is partnering with a multiplicity of people with. Um, with rabbis, with rabbis, with postgame, with women that ask questions, with our incredible teachers at Nishma, with psychologists, with doctors. And I've really found that um, one of the most powerful things in, in my work in Atlanta is partnering with Rabbi Starr as a leader um, and as a partner in, in together serving the needs of the young Israel civil health community. So I think that's something that's definitely special about Atlanta. And definitely shout out to Star and to the incredible work that he does in building the community there. Well, I can tell you that your role down here is certainly appreciated. It's something that we picked up here very quickly. Thank you so much for joining us today and continued success to you and everybody down here in Atlanta. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Tova Warburg-Sinensky, Yoetzet Halacha here at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. We're at five minutes before the hour as we start to wrap things up on a very special Monday 
at JM in the AM. Wow, this has been quite a show. Um, Consul General to the Southeastern United States. Very nice for her to show up. Did she uh, show up with a lot of security, by the way? Oh, just a bit. A little bit? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Eric Robbins? Did he have a lot of security? No, he had a Steelers keeper. Yeah, Steelers keeper. He was keeper. protected. That's all he needs. Exactly. I'm glad we became quick friends with him. Rabbi Starr told us that he's a More really, Yeah, a really good guy. Yeah. And he's just a really good guy. He was. And he um, gets the whole picture. He gets it. He was. He he's been really wonderful. He has been a um, he has been a great connection. Yeah. Um, and I do thank Rabbi Star for that connection. That was total fluke. Le- I mean, that was a hustle move, meeting him that day when we came yeah. down here. But if you'll give me two seconds just to notice a couple of things about the young Israel of Toko yeah, Hills. Yeah, please. First of all, we we made a joke about the fact that they are the Corin poster children. But right. not only do they deserve credit for that, but the Corin. Um, structured uh, sidurim for children where kids are, in, where different tefillot are incorporated into the next level of sitter are, um, and therefore are introduced to those sidurim at later points in their education are all available here. So you don't have to hand your kid a full sitter and become overwhelmed. They can be part of the shul just by taking the sitter that is appropriate for them, which number one is so Koran and number two is so forward thinking here at this shul. But the other thing that I just noticed that if I hadn't had a coughing fit I would not have seen are the children's books outside the Mm. entrance into the main shul so that we can incorporate children in shul in the main shul children do belong in shul and so there is thank you so there is a way there is a way for you to bring your kid into shul to have them be quiet and appropriate and be a a member of the community we don't have to banish them outside of the sanctuary so kol hakavod there you have it wow very nice as usual noticing things that others do not notice well i walk around during the show uh, tomorrow we're at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. We have big thank yous. So oh, yeah. We want to thank Yoni, Yoni Pollock. He's been great. Our chief engineer, who somehow is able to keep us uh, broadcasting. Mm-hmm. We want to thank our chief engineer, ZK, who in some way, shape, or form has a role in this morning's show. What the role is, we're not quite sure. We don't know. But, but we know that he has a role yes. in this morning's show. We want to thank Avrami, who's monitoring us from yes. our headquarters in Beit Shemesh. Thank you, Avrami. And so has Yigal, by the way. Oh, Yigal's also monitoring yes. us. After all, you know, Yigal lived in Atlanta for quite a while. From 19, I don't know, 92 to 95? We'll update that. that tomorrow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to Chief of Staff Yigal, to Avrami. Thank you to Leslie. <laughs> Leslie. Is that Leslie Mallard? Is it that? is. Leslie Mallard is the administrative assistant. Is that the correct the term? Office administrator. Office administrator, the young Israel of Toko Hills. Gatekeeper. She's also here late at night and early in the morning. Right. That we can attest She's to. taking the rest of the afternoon off, I feel, yeah. And to check out the photographer who's been following us today, Ellie Gray. He has Ellie Gray Photography on Facebook. Yes, Atlanta's own. And do you think one of uh, the photos of this show will make it onto his Facebook page, or you don't know? I don't know. You have no idea? I have. I think that chances part, are good. That was not part of our arrangement? Well, the ambassador was on. That one of them should... Oh, yeah, the ambassador got a... Uh, she got some shots. She got some shots? Yeah. On. He's got some content. So we'll see. If you check out his Facebook page, you may have an opportunity to... Uh, to see some of what um, has been going on here in Atlanta. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, NachumSegal.com, on the the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. 
And that wraps up an amazing and incredible Monday here at the unusual Toco Hills. Our visit to Atlanta continues, and our focus on the Southeast United States continues tomorrow at the Atlanta Jewish Academy. Thank you to the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem. Thank you to the Orthodox Union. And thank you to the presenters of Kosher Halftime Show 2019, the Rothenberg Law Firm. And Mayor Kay is in town. We are warning everybody. Uh, he is in town. He's going to be directing our Kosher Halftime Show starting later today. You'll see it at 8 o'clock Eastern time this coming Sunday night during halftime of the Los Angeles victory over New England. That's all happening. Uh, Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show. Yoni Pollock and his uh, incorrect prediction for the Super Bowl coming up between 10 and 11 with after further review. And then at 11 o'clock, Novak now. They all follow live next here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Till tomorrow. And thank you to Rabbi Starr and everybody at the Young Israel of Toko Hills. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.